everyone. Welcome to the Felicity Optimist versus Cynic podcast with us, your hosts, Melissa and Fish. This is the Felicity Rewatch podcast. We'll watch an episode each week and join you here to talk about it. And yeah, a reminder, there could be spoilers that come up as we talk about this episode because it's not a spoiler-free podcast. In case you were wondering, in case you haven't ever heard us talk about this before, it's not spoiler-free. I am Melissa and I'm here with my indomitable co-host fish fish how are you doing today i think that's a good word for today um i'm i'm fully the cynic today i'm not gonna lie that's gonna be my role and i'm gonna live up to it (laughs) i really don't blame you um if anything you know being an optimist is gonna be you know i'm gonna put some work in all right yeah on this one this is going to be your challenge, which you've chosen to accept. <laughs> yeah, I have. Um, well, what are we talking about today? You might ask. We're talking about season three, episode seven, called Kissing Mr. Covington. This one originally aired November 15th, 2000. It was written by Jennifer Levin, directed by Harry Weiner. Here's the episode description. Ben's father, who comes back to town seeking a reconciliation with his son, ends up kissing Felicity in a moment of emotional weakness. Elsewhere, Sean converts to Judaism after his operation. Tracy asks Elena to join him and Finn for a celebratory outing, and Noel reads Jane's private email. Now, Fish, at the end of the last podcast, when I told you the name of this episode and you guessed of possible iterations of what kissing Mr. Covington can mean. You didn't land on what happened, but right before we watched the episode, you did. Well, I, I, with great all trepidation. I said, all I said <laughs> is, I just hope it's not Felicity. I mean, you gave me a little while to think about it, and I wasn't really being serious. I, I just said offhandedly in a way that it could never be. Um, Yeah, you know, I just, uh, that would be really terrible. Yeah. Yeah. Well, your prophecy became real. And I just, I bit my tongue when you said it. And was like, I'll just watch the episode and see. And um, that was true. It was true what happened. Um, And it's not like you said you would riot if it did, but boy, did we come close. That's because I I didn't really think it would happen. Uh, and and I would like to be very clear that this episode title is misleading. There was no kissing of Mr. Covington. That's true. There was kissing by Mr. Covington. Um, well, they no left out a proposition, okay? It could be kissing Mr. Covington. Like, who came to town kissing Mr. Covington? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's, that's a an adjective i see way to yeah. do it, but i'm just saying okay that like that yeah it could be an adjective fair fair enough uh well <laughs> where do you want to start <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness um i mean i don't think it's going to be a surprise, but I hated this episode. I hated everything about it. I hated it. Your Did turn. you hate it? Because, I mean, I guess I'm doing the, like, this question that you would normally use to, like, answer your rating for the episode, but I want to, I want to start with this. 
Did you hate the episode because you hated the situations? Did you hate the episode because you didn't believe the situations? Did you hate the episode because you thought it was badly done or written? Like where, what's, where's the hate coming from on this one? Because of the situations. Yeah. Yeah. It was unfortunately believable. Um, and I don't rate based on how well they do things that I hate. So, um, you know, clearly they must have done it well for me to have this reaction. But yeah, Mm -hmm. I never want to watch this again, ever. Yeah, I don't blame you. I think from a like believability or like a how they do sort of standpoint, I think you will find as I talk about this episode, there is only one storyline that I don't buy at all. And everything else, while incredibly uncomfortable, I mean, this episode really does make you simmer in pure discomfort for so much of it. Um, but I I believe the stories they're telling me except one. So, yeah, I mean, I think there was one moment that we can talk about where I, I felt the pacing of it made the plot feel forced Mm. but besides that um yeah i mean i i think it was pretty believable i'm glad we're setting the tone with that up front because you know your mileage may vary on whether you want to watch something like this but if you know if we think that it was basically done well then it's worth watching once and talking about it and seeing how you feel as a result and then maybe putting it away forever uh (laughs) yep Yep. (laughs) all right well when we open this episode we've got felicity and ben who are coming back to the loft obviously ben was just getting himself checked out because he when we left him he was getting not the quickest beat down on the cleanest street it was a beat down for sure though correct and they, as you remember, everybody, we just sort of faded to the sound of Ben being punched and kicked and everything. So, you know, we have to in some way address <laughs> that. Yeah. And- yeah. They just open it. They just open it with like this beautiful shot of the loft mm-hmm. and this great uh, bookcase. And the music was really sort of like calm and everybody's calm and they're, they're just, you know, walking in and she's supporting him and he's like, he's banged WTF. up. Like, he's, he's a little banged up. I, I don't even know if it's the worst he's ever been banged up, but he's got a black eye and broke, broken arm. He's got a sling on his arm. He's limping a bit. Uh, he's got all kinds of things wrong with him right now. Yeah, but and, Felicity is just like, whatever. Yeah, and right. they just keep he's like it's not that bad and the two of them are laughing and they're both like calm and ben looks like he's on a lot of pain meds throughout the whole episode and well you know the show obviously is not interested in pursuing the storyline with randy and his brothers so wait like so this is never going to be dealt with like this is it like we're not going to come back to this just because they decided to throw this in right and now i hate it more I don't think we ever see Randy again. And there's definitely we, no more threat of Randy and his brothers. See Felicity having any reaction that isn't like, it's all cool, whatever. You love me. Yay. Ben's back home. Um, well, 
mean, I do think in this episode, they were trying to tackle a little bit this idea of like Felicity mildly intervening um, after her own experience with Ben's dad. And I do think that their relationship is going to be a series of forced errors, really. But like you know, no it's... discussion of punching the lamp, no discussion of like, hey, you scared me, no discussion of like. Nope. We're not going to get that. We're not yeah. going to get that. Okay. Yeah, hate that. Felicity's approach here is going to be how can we make the hurt go away more so than you could be a threat to me. And I do think that her, I'm trying to think if we ever see more violent stuff from Ben. Because nothing is coming to mind immediately and I could just be forgetting something. So. No, like you shouldn't have given a guy like a concussion, no discussion of him putting someone else in the hospital. They're not going to address what happened, but I also don't think they give us more. I don't remember them giving us more violent stuff from Ben. I could, I could be wrong about that. But when I thought when we were talking in season one um, about how, you know, we'd see more of like violent Ben in the future, I was specifically thinking of the Randy thing and nothing else is like really jumping out to me. So I think what they're doing here by getting him into this group um is they're trying to start him on a different trajectory where he has other types of coping mechanisms available to him. But no discussion of what his issues were to get him to the other coping mechanisms. And like, I feel like the the anger issues and the violence need to be addressed in some way for me to actually believe that they then stop. I don't know that they do. Yeah. I don't like that. Okay. Okay. Um, and I'm not going to lie, like some of his other ways of coping are, well, I don't know. Well, we'll have to, you know, my memory on this is, uh, I'm just trying to sit here and like sift through the future and, um, we'll we'll just just, have to see. It really bugged me that they, they come into the like beautiful, clean loft. Yeah. He's, he is banged up, but she's there like helping him in we don't see any reaction of hers having to do with when she finds out what happened to him when she goes to the hospital when you know which i assume she did um like there's just zero we get nothing yeah no reaction from her no we don't get any reaction from her but i do also have to say slightly in the show's defense on this what they're also giving us is a felicity that no Felicity is not blameless in this situation. So I don't know to what extent she would come down on Ben. She's not blameless in the, in the, like she drank too much situation, but this is not the first time he's had this type of reaction. Right. And, but I think if you're her in this situation, if I, if I'm thinking like her character, I don't know if she wants to open up the how dare you do this sort of like a what's the hell's going on here sort of thing because I think at the end of the day for her all of this happened because of what she did even even though even though Ben Ben is showing a pattern to bring it up in this situation I think is very loaded for her to do or I think she'd feel that it's very loaded for her to do because she feels terrible about what she did with Randy that even inspired all of this to take place 
show us that. I mean, show us something because what I saw was they come in, she puts him down on the couch and all of a sudden he's like smiley, cute, you know, adorable Ben. And I'm like, "Mm -mm." yeah, no, I mean, the only way I could rationalize it was he's on a lot of painkillers, which made total sense. Um, Yeah. But like, no. Mm-mm, yeah, not you after more of that. Well, and I think the other story. thing too is that they, you know, I guess because Randy and the brothers got their comeuppance, that they're not um, a prolonged threat. You know, it's not like they're going to be He's around ben the next corner. His... Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess that's the right way to put that because like they got back at him. They got their revenge. So it's not going to be an ominous presence throughout the show. Like there, he's not going to turn around every corner and see Randy and his brothers there ready, ready to beat him down. So they're kind of, they're put, they're trying to, the show's trying to put that part behind it. It's like, this was a two episode story. Um, I mean, and that's fine, but Ben's reaction is not a two episode story. Ben is himself. Like that's true. he is a man who has, punch people multiple times, has a gambling problem, has a lot of stuff going on internally, has put someone in the hospital, has himself been put in the hospital, and they're just glossing it all over. Yeah, that's what they're doing. And I'm, yeah, I don't, I I sort of assumed that they would come back to it, like in the next episode or something, like one of those weird things where it's like, all right, we're going to deal with his dad now. And then Felicity will like talk to him later. But um, yeah, I'm not, not not loving that resolution or lack thereof. Yeah. It's a lack thereof situation. Well, I mean, we don't really get a whole lot of substance here. I think the stuff that we're reading between the lines is probably more important than what we actually get. I mean, we get no, just reiterating how many times he he wants to like oh ben you look really bad you look awful you look terrible um but then we also find out that noel is going to cover for ben's shifts at dean and deluca which you know i guess on paper like noel covering for ben at dean and deluca isn't super important to this episode but i do think that there's sort of like a budding relationship that must happen there with javier um, that they, you know, it, it, they're making it more possible for Noel to be in that world. And I, I, it's not unusual to see Noel at Dean and DeLuca later. So I, I guess it's good that they have him here, but all of this is sort of just like mild setup, um, more so than anything else. I mean, Sean did it before, but he's also in the hospital. Very true. Sean was not available at this moment. So now we've got Felicity and Ben still uh, still there. And Felicity's going to pick up the phone because Ben's dad had called. She's going to try to pass the phone to Ben, but Ben won't take the call. But last we saw between Ben and his dad, his dad left him. Um, what's the word I want? Stood him up for a Yankees game. And Ben Which, and I guess we've never found out why, right? No, don't think we ever will. And I actually got confused for the mo- for a moment in this episode, the first scene where we see Felicity and his dad talking when she's like reintroducing herself to him. I was like, oh yeah, she didn't actually see him Yeah. in that one episode. There was just a lot of 
it was just a lot of back and forth with Ben and his dad. And then when she was actually supposed to have a, a like a function that she went to with him, he didn't show. So I, I had to like remind myself of why she was reintroducing herself. Um, but it did, I did check out when I sat there with it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they brought up the Palo Alto thing again. Yeah. And so why is Ben's dad even calling? Well, I guess Ben's dad is an emergency contact that's listed for him. And since Ben was in the hospital and we find out that his mom is away in Europe. Yeah. So we get that little bit of information that just like supposed to make it all make sense why we still haven't met his mom. And so his dad flew out despite all the obvious issues with that. And I, mean, I did like Ben's reaction. Um, Felicity's like, here, take the phone. And Ben's like, tell him I'm not home. She's like, I already said you're here. And he's like, I don't care. And <laughs> he's like, just hang up. Just just hang up. It's fine. Just hang up on him. And so Felicity makes an excuse for him and then hangs up. And how many i just wanted to, i didn't count but i should have counted like how many lies felicity told during this episode it was a lot it was a, a lot and it was just like mostly out of discomfort but often out of covering for people and mm-hmm. she is not being her yeah <laughs> most genuine her authentic self yeah yes. it's, it's like you feel the discomfort that Felicity feels, I think, throughout this whole episode. This is, a, she's yeah. just, this net, what a mess. Uh, yeah, agreed. <laughs> a okay. mess that she didn't invite for yeah. some of it, you know, like, I don't know. Yeah. And um, Ben's just like, look, the only reason he flew out is because my mom's in Europe and he just wanted to say, oh, look, I did this for Ben. And I don't know. I mean, I guess the only thing I can say that's good is that Felicity looks fantastic. Her hair is still up. It's fantastic. Okay. Well, there you have that. And I don't like what she does next, which is a lot of what she does this episode, which is like trying to get Ben and his father to reconcile. Yeah. Like, but we're going to see that shift in this, in this episode. Yeah. Um, which I've needed to see from her for a little bit, but we, but we're finally going to get it. Um, so we're going to, let's go to Noel seeing Jane on the street. Noel's like, Hey, what's up? What's going on? Twinkle in his eye. Jane says, who are you? Yeah. Strike one. I was at the graphics (laughs) lecture. I I'm Noel. Remember I fixed your computer. Okay. Strike one. Mm -hmm. You, you didn't go to the graphics lecture, did you? Nope. Strike nope, two. Totally not into that. Okay. <laughs> all right. All right. All right. Hey, do you ever want to get sushi? Oh my God. Strike three. To violent food poisoning from sushi. All right. Doesn't That's... even eat rice. Nope. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you, Jane. Um, so what we're getting here, it's just this little bit, but what we're seeing is that Nolan, his natural stable state, is of no interest to Jane. <laughs> correct. Absolutely correct. Everything that he has to say or is, is uninteresting. Um, I do like 
that Tyra Banks is eating potato chips. Again, what I was talking about with the whole body image thing um, that she talked a lot about. Mm -hmm. I love that she's modeling that in, um, no pun on no pun intended, Mm -hmm. um, that she's modeling that for people here. It's, It's great, love it. Yeah. Okay. Well, awkwardness continues now. So we're gonna get, uh, all right, so Felicity is alone in her apartment. She's got some music on. It's weird '70s music to be dancing to in the night in the early 2000s. Um, that, I can't believe that's the original, but okay, sure. Um, I'm trying to find like little good things that I can say about the scenes. Her rose shirt is back. I love this shirt. Sure. This is an amazing shirt and she should wear it all the time. It's fantastic. Okay. Yeah. She looked, she was looking great and she's yeah. dancing. You know what happens sometimes if you're in your own apartment by yourself and you're <laughs> just got music on, sometimes you dance. Yeah. And I um, was kind of wondering if she was drunk, she potentially drunk. She seemed maybe a little I think so. She was just sort of enjoying the moment. She was just, Uh, it was one of those moments when you're dancing or singing to yourself and then you wish you didn't, you you didn't realize anybody might be noticing you. And so you're dancing with abandon. And I'd like to, to just as like a PSA for people who live in New York, Mm -hmm. um, even though this probably should be Melissa's um, part, uh, people lock your doors. don't don't just leave your doors open yeah don't do that because anybody can come in such as ben's dad yeah doesn't sound like the worst scenario but it it, it is i think what we've learned in this situation is that even if it's just ben's dad who comes in just lock your door okay lock your door all of you so ben's dad wants to talk to felicity he specifically sought her out it's awkward She's feeling well, awkward. It's a little weird, but it's like awkward in a, um, I get, oh, I'll be a good host sort of, I don't know how to do that with you because you're your Ben's dad, but all that's all. Let me be your host here sort of. Yeah, she is definitely energy. a little awkward at first, but like he comes in and he's like warm and charming. And I thought of that, you know, what Ben said about him making like a good first impression. Yeah, like, he does just sort right of there. put her at ease because they haven't, he hasn't done anything specifically to make her feel awkward. It's just, this is a strange situation, right? It's Ben's dad and she hasn't met him in this and, she, and now she's dating him and, or, or Ben anyway. And um, like, he's just shown up in her apartment and she, she's, what is she supposed to do? So he puts her at ease mm-hmm. initially mm-hmm. before putting her at great unease. Yes. Uh, but in this scene, it's really more about, you know, this is more about the conversation itself. He's Ben didn't Ben didn't want to talk, right? Ugh, I messed yeah. it all up. Um, and she says, you know, lie number two. Ben's going through something. It's not you. No, it is you. It's him. It's all it's the way. Definitely you. Yeah. Um. So the dad brings up Alanon, and full, and he's like, look it might you might want to talk to him about this it's something that could help him i'm worried about ben just can you tell him about alanon felicity awkwardly and reluctantly says okay 
But fortunately, the show is putting that concept into, they're making it a thing. Yes, which it I appreciate. the resource. Yes, one of the resources. It's a good resource. And um, so, okay, he came back. He's like, you know, Ben's not going to listen to me. Can you help me help Ben? Uh-huh. And so she's like, okay, I will do that. Yeah. All right, so let's switch from here to, we're going to the hospital. It's Sean and Megan. Sean is reading up on Judaism. He's becoming knowledgeable. Or so he thinks. Yeah, Yeah, he's trying anyway. I mean, there are 613 commandments for him to follow. Let me tell you, if he's, if he's going to even try, I mean, it's, it's, that is a hard road ahead. Yeah. And he's, he commits to starting to follow the commandments of God beginning today. <laughs> I think yes. this is it. This starting is it, Megan. Right now. I am an Uber Jew. Meanwhile, you can see that Megan's been jumping through hoops for this guy. You know, he, she, she's come with the specific candles he asked for. You know, he's probably put together at least one shopping list for her at this point with all the things that he has been reading about. And she is there. There are a lot of things you need for Sabbath, Sabbath dinner. I don't yeah. know how he's going to do Sabbath dinner in the hospital exactly. I mean, I guess he could get a kosher meal. And if he has the candles, I doubt he can say, you know, any of the prayers yet. But, you know, he he's on the hook because he made a pact. He did. God. He made a pact with God. Yeah. before the surgery and uh what's he gonna do go back on his word to god so can't do that that's, that's pretty much the direction he is headed and we find out that the patient in the in the next bed over is a guy named morgan stern mm-hmm. and so they make the wild leap that he is jewish i mean you just can say, okay whatever you, well there you, you have it a rabbi um, <laughs> turns out we don't know that yet in this scene, but we'll find out pretty soon that he's a rabbi. I so- did love this moment though, because I had a roommate, um, who still is Jewish and, uh, we, we lived together for a while and this whole thing about, you know, not like dealing with electricity or, you know, a lot of types of technology on the Sabbath. I mean, it's, Something that is a, like a deeply held belief by a number of people. However, this part always got to me because the person who is Jewish can't do it. So they just surround themselves with Gentiles mm-hmm. who, who they're can like, turn on lights. Right. And so yeah. it was like, uh, you know, she couldn't drive a car. But she could sit in the passenger seat while I drove her everywhere. Yeah, it does. It does seem like uh, a rule that has now become like, how do I get people to enable me? <laughs> yeah, I'm like, mm, I, like I, I get that you want to stream Sabbath, but that does require technology. And like, here's the thing. So we're just going to sin like you think it's a sin, but it's a we should do it i don't know i always had kind of a little really like if you if you think it's so bad why are you asking me to do it yeah yeah, yeah. i hear you yeah. i i have the same question about this yeah hey, hey listeners let us know is it 
is it okay for a Gentile to do this? Is it is it not bad? I, I, I still got the feeling that it was not something that was looked favorably upon. Yeah. Well, okay. You know what else I'm not looking favorably upon, though? <laughs> no. Or actually, I don't know how I feel about the first thing, but I know what I'm definitely not looking favorably upon. It's this whole thing that Noel's trying to do here with Jane. So Noel and Elena are having a conversation where... <laughs> I don't even understand what's happening here, Fish. <laughs> this is the this is the story. I, if you couldn't tell, guys, this is the storyline <laughs> that I'm just not on board with. So Noel and Elena are are chatting, and Noel's saying, "Oh, I'm really into Jane. It's just that thing we have absolutely nothing in common whatsoever. Yeah. But I can make it be that we have things in common. I have her password. I can read her email. Right? That's the thing I could do. Mm-hmm. Right? I have the key to my dream girl's diary. And Elena's just like, no, yeah. no, you can't do that. No, don't read her email. That's that was my reaction too. And yeah. frankly, he should know this. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. Look, it's Tyra Banks. We get it. Ugh. She's gorgeous. She's a model. She's amazing. She's Jane. She's smart. She's, you know, a dancer. Like we at Felicity Optimist versus Cynic do not even endorse or co-sign stalking Tyra Banks. Okay, correct. We don't. It's it's not okay. It's not okay. <laughs> it's it's just it's just not okay. Like we get that maybe it went through your mind because you're a guy and she's Tyra Banks. But let's remember you're still married to Doritos chick, mm-hmm. who is also gorgeous, yeah. and also don't do this to anyone ever. Yeah. Never. Not okay. So. Elena has made it very clear that he should not. He was not going to get the green light from Elena on this. Do not read her email. Meanwhile, so Tracy comes in and he's so excited. He's like, hey, that paper, the paper that you helped me with. Not only did we get a good grade, it's going to be published. Let's all celebrate. Celebrate. Yeah. Let's just put us in a really awkward position. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder if Elena was credited on that paper at all. It sounds probably like she not. was saying she just did data entry. But uh, I doubt that's true. I think she probably was feeling really guilty and like wrote it. More, yeah. um, but I, I want to just point out something she says to Noel, which is lies ruin everything. Mm-hmm. Sure does. And that yeah. inspires Noel as soon as they leave to then look at Jane's email. Of course. Because yes. everything that he's seen happen in the last one minute has pointed him in this direction. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. He's going to get um, his phone cable out. He's going to put it into his computer. Mm-hmm. And the creepy, I'm going to give an award for like the creepiest moment so far is when he opens the email and he gets that little half smile on his face. Yeah. Oh, man. I just don't see how we got here. Um, and it gets worse and worse and worse and worse. So I'll, I'll have more to say. Um, let's go to Felicity and Ben. So we're at the loft and Felicity is putting up a little basketball hoop. 
uh, a, a toy that obviously Ben's dad had given, but Ben doesn't know that yet. So he's super, he's stoked about the basketball. He's like, yeah, I get to play basketball again. And she's like, it's from your dad. I don't want it. I don't want it. <laughs> give, give yeah. it just get rid of it. She's just going to do some more apologizing here. It's from your dad. He's worried about you. Ben's like, he's sucking you in. Yeah. Like, look, you know, the last time he was here, you connected. He was like, yeah, did you see what happened? Yeah. Like, I think you're being a little close-minded. That's like, you don't know what you're talking about. And then she it says, just bugs me. She says, last try time. one more time for me. I have yeah. to say, this crosses the line for me. For all the times that she's tried to say, well, you could try, you could just... I was on the fence about all those times because it's not her business. She doesn't know. Right. So, but she also wasn't, she wasn't working extra hard to put them together. She was just making this suggestion. She's had enough evidence at this point. This is Ben's relationship with Ben's dad. And if Ben doesn't want to talk to his dad, if Ben doesn't want to grab the phone out of Felicity's hand, it's not Felicity's job to single-handedly try to repair this relationship that she doesn't even have enough history to know if it can be repaired. So for me, this scene, if the other scenes with her saying stuff like this didn't cross the line, this one does for me. She's yeah, had experience ones... with him. She's yeah. also been stood up now by Ben's <laughs> dad. Like she saw what it did to Ben. She... She he already tried one more time for her. Mm -hmm. That yeah. just happened like two episodes ago. <laughs> <laughs> Look where you are now. I know. So Felicity, try one more time for me. He can punch a second lamp. Yeah, uh, poor lamps. Uh, I also thought it was it was really not okay that she's calling him close-minded because not only is she saying you know you should connect with him i'm like bringing stuff from your father into your place she's now like putting him down yeah. and insulting him I, I agree i don't like that word choice and i guess from an episode standpoint from a writing standpoint they're maybe what they're trying to do here with this scene is to make it so that we have the biggest reaction possible to the next scene she has with Ben's dad. I guess. Like maybe they're trying to show us she was, oh, she was being open-minded. She was trying, she was trying to help. And then this was beyond the pale and she's going to sing a different tune. So maybe they had to show us the tune she was singing and the new tune she's going to be singing. I don't know. Um, it's just that I feel like she didn't need, to, we've already seen reasons for her not to be talking to Ben like this. Yeah. So it's that issue of um, people weren't binging these shows. Yeah. So like if, if you're going to rest your hopes as a writer on the audience will remember what happened two weeks ago, but yet you haven't shown them that. Like I know when we see shows that were written a long time ago or around this time, um, 
there is a lot more needing to put in the the exposition and the hey remember when you saw this three episodes ago and the like that was really important at that time because we would forget like you would forget that this stuff happened or you might miss an episode and so you really needed that like opener that was like you know you missed it so this is what happened in the last episode I think for me, that's the only way to explain this scene in a way that I feel good about is that they're just trying to catch the audience up on sort of where Felicity was with this and where she's going all in one episode. But because we're covering it the way that we are, it's un- it doesn't feel necessary to me. Yeah. So we have one more scene let's let's cover the elena finn scene and then i'm going to say something that probably will be controversial okay oh all right that's exciting guys get ready controversy (laughs) um okay that's it so epstein bar elena and finn are sitting down at a table elena says i can't go out i can't go out with you and tracy that's not a thing i can do i love tracy Mm-hmm. I can't do this anymore. Or again, I mean. Or again. I guess it. They kissed once, and then the thing. Yeah, and then did it. Elena mm-hmm. says, "I love Tracy." Finn says, "You have a weird way of showing it." Yeah, he he sounds pissed. Yeah, he's he's not into it. He's not into all this stuff. You know what, Finn? This was complicated from the beginning. Now, granted, Elena lied to him initially. Yep. But he's known about Tracy for a while. So anything that Elena has done with Ben, he she he's they did with him knowing about Tracy. I mean he's been pursuing her. Um even though she has a boyfriend, she hasn't really been showing. I mean, fair enough that she and Tracy are all that serious. Yeah. So, you know, he's like, all right, I guess I lose, but I'm a little pissed, which I think is, you know, kind of fair on his side of being pissed, but also neither of you should have been doing this. Yeah. I mean, why are you so surprised, Finn? Um, You had enough information at the point when this started to become physical. You didn't in the big, you didn't in the beginning when you started to be interested in Elena, she was telling you she wasn't attached. I get it. But then she was. I'm like, yeah, and that's the reality. And you know Tracy, and you've met Tracy, and Tracy's super cool. So, but she showed up at his door, and the last time they were together, it seemed like they were having sex. So, uh, like, kind of in Finn's defense, I can see him being a little surprised, and like, maybe he thought the fact that they had sex meant she was not in fact going to be continue being with tracy um never in the history of humans been for sure what that meant (laughs) you know not not for sure but i mean Uh, it's a possibility i mean what percentage of the time is that i I, well i don't know i mean what percentage of the time are you dating someone you go sleep with someone else and then i don't know i would say probably a good percent of the time you're like well there was a reason I slept with someone else and or my boyfriend's going to dump me anyway. So, uh, 
I, of people that I know who have cheated, the women never disclosed it hmm. and stayed in their relationship. Okay. Yeah. But that's completely a very small subset and like very much anecdotal. But I, I wonder, I, I err on the side of like more people stay in the relationship they were in ultimately, think, but I don't know. I mean, I definitely think at like an older age, but it like, I don't know, as a college junior, I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. All of the examples I'm thinking of were college. So I don't know. All right. Hard to say. I, that's this, this is going to be really anecdotal evidence. So write in, tell us, what, yeah. what, listeners, like, Anyone what do you think? Has any studies, any published academic journals have looked into this? Uh, feel free to send us those links. Yeah. 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 So, okay. Well, Fish, you've promised big things here. Yeah. It's full. I'll set the scene. It's Felicity's apartment. Felicity's just come home. Yes. Not and again, door. yeah, again, Mr. Covington shows up. Um, and I said to Melissa at the time, what's up with dad stalking Felicity? True story. Yeah. Um, Felicity says he loved the basketball hoop. Uh, lie. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Covington's just like, yeah, I've lost him. And she's like, no, no, he just needs time. Line number 286. Yeah. Um, And then they have, like, like he just, you know, kind of loses it. He's like, you know, my sponsor said, like, what's the worst that could happen? Your son doesn't talk to you. Like, you've really got nothing to lose. And he just starts crying. And she kind of like reaches out and like touches him and and then is like, okay, well, we'll give this guy like a hug. And then I do want to say, though, before she reaches out and like touches his arm, I love this little moment of acting from Carrie Russell because it's she she's like, if this were any other person, she would just hug the person. Yeah. And so you see the instinct in her to like she keeps like going to try to and she, <laughs> she keeps holding herself back. But you can see that her, her instinct is to reach out to the person who's hurting so bad. But then the obvious, nope, can't do that here, is like <laughs> holding her back. And it takes her like a good 10 seconds <laughs> yeah. before she even very delicately, very awkwardly puts a hand on his arm. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's full on crying. Like his face is not showing because <sighs> his hands are just like covering his blubbering at yeah. this point. Um, and so they, they do hug, which she initiates, I think, right? She, she touches him and then she kind of, she hugs him. Yeah. She hugs him. Um, I didn't know why am I saying that's an invitation? No, 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 no. no, Okay. Absolutely not. Um, (laughs) and here's the thing. So it is unbelievably awkward that he like starts nuzzling into her like hair and neck at that point and then like kind of starts going in more for the kiss and and she's just like whoa nope and he's like ah and runs away yeah so here's the controversial part i don't know how like what's controversial for you here i can't wait to hear this yeah so this whole scene sucks yeah it does but 
um, it goes back to the the last scene where she was like saying like, just, you know, do it one more time for me. And here's the thing. From my point of view, this man is like a physically, emotionally abusive guy who has done terrible things to Ben. And while this 30 second interaction or so was awkward, like he wasn't getting violent. He wasn't forcing himself on her. Like, yes, it was a violation. It was inappropriate, like many of the things, but it's not like he like, she pushed him away and he grabbed her and like kissed her. So I'm not saying that it's okay. I'm just saying it's not the worst thing he's done. And it, the fact that like she becomes you know, justifiably uncomfortable around him. Um, I don't know. It's kind of like it took, it took this and also it only took this Mm -hmm. for you to like 180% like flip how you're thinking about things. And all of a sudden, instead of trying to reconcile these two you're like actually no i'm not going to be part of that and like i didn't understand but like now i understand like no you still don't understand you had like a 30 second kind of awkward weird interaction with a guy fine you're uncomfortable you're still covering for him but it's it's not like you get it now mm-hmm. so from my perspective i, I don't want to say like it's not that bad but it's not as bad as it could have been. And it's certainly not the worst thing he's done. And so for me, like, I didn't have, like, yeah, ew, but I didn't have such a big reaction. And yet when we see her face, she looks so shocked. Like Mm -hmm. she looks like her whole world has been rocked. I mean, she just had her boyfriend put a guy in the hospital with a concussion and then have him like get beaten down by multiple frat bros, have a broken arm and she's just like cool with it. But this 30 seconds is going to rock her world. Like, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not buying that. I mean, it just doesn't feel it doesn't feel like that big a deal Hmm. I don't know what else to say I I see where you're coming from and I also think this is a big deal but I am still of the opinion that I wish the last episode where the dad stood both of them up was enough information for her yeah and I also wish been talking to her about it and the things he was telling her was enough information right so those two things like i i do agree with you in the sense of like if your partner if you want your partner to be your partner and your partner is telling you about trauma and telling you what they can and cannot handle that is what they can and cannot handle it is not your job to do anything more than that she did convince him a couple episodes ago to give the dad another chance Ben did. His dad disappointed him as per usual and Felicity too, because Felicity was there with him on the very last 
um, you know, that last scenario where they were supposed to all meet up. So Felicity was there to witness the whole thing. All of that, I believe, should have been enough, which is why this episode feels like we already should have had this turn. Yeah. But I believe this is incredibly creepy. This would make me feel very uncomfortable. Like, this is far beyond what he should have done, what Mr. Covington should have done. There is no this is unacceptable. This is sexual harassment actually. And like, no matter how it's being couched, he was making an advance on Felicity. He knows it. She knows it. Not okay. But in addition, I think to the fact that his advance was not wanted, there's this very complex layer around. Now she has this secret from Ben and like, do you tell like, okay, if we play this out, because if it were me playing through this, first of all, I'd want to be out of that situation instantly. But then when you're out of it, when you're safe from it, when that when that is gone, now what's going through my head would be if I tell Ben about this, what's Ben gonna do? Mm-hmm. What like do I want to add this to Ben's everlong list of like can Ben handle this? What does he need this? Like what's going on with this? Do I want to be the uh, messenger of this? And um, I don't know, like, it's just so complicated with Ben. Like, I I don't want to hurt Ben. I don't want to be the person who tells Ben and has to hurt him by telling him this. But if I don't tell him about it, what if, what if I have to see this guy again? Like, how do I keep up this charade? Cause I'm uncomfortable around his dad now. So it puts Felicity in this really difficult position of how to handle it with the person she's actually in a relationship with. And um, so I, I think the act itself was unacceptable, but this position it puts her in is so, it is so very much a position like, if, if Ben's dad had been doing this on purpose, this is the perfect thing to rip Felicity and Ben apart and to take like Felicity out of Ben's orbit. I don't understand that. I think like, this is a great way to put a wedge between your son and his significant other. Oh, if she decides to keep the secret. Yeah. Either way, he just did something that's going to create conflict in their relationship somehow, either because she keeps it to herself and it's an internal conflict within her or because she tells him about it. And then it's this thing, right? So like if he had been doing this on purpose, great way to isolate your son, you know? Yeah. I don't think, I don't know that he necessarily was doing it on purpose, but it's nonetheless, it's very creepy to me, but I do agree with you on that. I just, I think she should have it's not her position to try to step in and fix their relationship like it's her position to listen to ben and to let him unload or to give him resources where he can unload um yeah but he should be in the driver's seat about like i don't know well up until this point but like again it's not like i'm saying it's in any way okay or appropriate i'm just saying on this in the scale of things that this man has done and what could have happened 
I feel like this was a lot less. Could he have raped her? Sure. I mean, like, but even like forced a kiss. Yeah. Even like anything other than like he immediately ran away. Like he he ran. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I I think he should have. Like I I I see your point that it could have been worse, but I I also feel like this was already unwelcome and bad enough. Like, I don't think it no, needs no, no. to be. I, I agree that it was. It's just, I guess, I feel like she's not having reactions that I buy. If, mm-hmm. like, she's she has so little reaction to all the violence that Ben has shown mm-hmm. and then has this huge reaction to, again, like a completely inappropriate moment, but not like a forced kiss or anything violent. Mm -hmm. Like it just feels like her reactions aren't balanced in some way. Mm -hmm. And, and part of it, this was, so the next scene is Ben and Felicity. And this is where I feel like it felt forced for the plot because, you know, Mr. Covington, you know, creeps all over felicity and then all of a sudden like the next scene felicity shows up and ben's like playing with the basketball hoop yeah i should totally see my dad again yeah and he's like justifying all this stuff and i'm like "Mm, this feels like a plot thing here like i don't know that this goes from absolutely not i don't want to see him to and then he creeps on my girlfriend, but I don't know about it to, oh yeah, you're totally right. We should give him, I should give him another chance. Yeah. I will say that uh, I agree with that. I will also say that I guess what they're, what they're laying out here is that Felicity's words matter to Ben because the fact that she's going to, and we'll see him do the same thing again later in this episode where she like hands him an Al-Anon pamphlet. He's like, no, I don't need a group. I'm not going. I'm not going to go to a group. And the very next scene, we see him, and I think he's going to a group. So it's, um, I wonder if they're asking us to buy this, like, ability to reverse from, like, a staunch position based on, he's never in his life had somebody to talk to about this stuff. And... I wonder, like, when the person he trusts is giving him feedback, if it, he has initial resistance, but it seems to be getting in because he trusts Felicity. Maybe he shouldn't in this situation, given that she still doesn't know what she's talking about. Um, Yeah. I will say, because we've explored, um, we, we, you know, we've done a little bit of exploration around the Julie storyline of, like, where does somebody step in versus where do they not? And I want to say, uh, and I have some personal experience here to draw from that I'm using to back up my preferences here in this situation, but um, when somebody has boundaries that have been set with a person in their life that they deem to be a toxic presence, and that person has created boundaries for whatever reason, if you're, if you're in a position of, of like, if that person's listening to you, if you're talking to them, if they're your partner, if, if they're your really good friend and like, it's not your position to try to break their boundaries. 
You can listen. You can, you can devil's advocate if you want. If you're going to have a relationship with the person they have a toxic relationship with, that could potentially work, but not if you're breaking their boundaries. So like Felicity and, and his dad having these conversations where like Felicity's dad is asking, I mean, Ben's dad is asking her to be like a messenger to Ben, to pass messages along, to pass this along, to share that, to share information about Ben. There needs to be a line. Yeah. You know, and I feel, and it sounds like you feel that way too. And the show did not handle it that way. But in real life, I want to say, please, like, don't just assume that you're helping somebody by bringing them together with the person they've set boundaries with. You could be really harming them, like really, really harming them. So just, you know, it's not to say you can't have all these relationships, but don't break the person you care about's boundaries to do it. I don't know. Especially when you know about them. I mean, what I do like is at the very least, she does say, oh, your dad showed up again, right? Like she doesn't hide the fact that like he even showed up. Um, But just also going back to what you were saying before about um, how like what the effect could be on their relationship. Like she's either got this big secret Mm. or she tells him. And I guess my reaction is if she tells him, I'm still on the side of like, what's his reaction and is it going to be violent? Violent, yeah. And to because that would be my assumption he takes a sling off and he walks out the door right like mm-hmm. my <laughs> my reaction is this is going to end in violence and i just that's an i guess another part of this i didn't buy it's like he goes from yeah i'll beat up randy but not like i'm not going to take a swing at this guy um maybe that makes sense because he still hasn't like gotten over the whole father-son dynamics um i mean i definitely don't think he has gotten over the father-son dynamics i don't know what their dynamic looked like when they were i mean i guess if i'm going to try to extrapolate or backtrack i guess is a better word for what we're seeing here and what that might have looked like when he lived in his dad's home like i i feel like maybe he wasn't fighting back physically i don't know i Um, I mean if he's defending his mother he must have been doing something but maybe i i don't know i I wonder what that looked like in their home when conflict broke out if he was just using words or just shielding his mom or like um can he beat up everybody except his dad because he could never beat his dad up like is that what's happening here um but we'll i mean we'll get to when we get to the end but like i kind of felt like that was a not so angry Ben that we saw confronting his father Mm. it just it didn't come off the same way as as he has like he was definitely more angry at that lamp he came off resolute to me well we'll get we'll get to that scene um so I think right now this scene we've pretty much covered it I mean uh he's playing with the hoop he's had a change of heart he's he's going to give his dad another shot and Felicity's like oh well right she's just she is justifying stuff and she's like yeah i hope you guys patch things i mean she's not 
she's not putting up any of her own barriers. She, but you can feel, you can feel the conflict in her, like her decision. She's made a conscious choice in this situation to, okay. If Ben's saying he wants to give her another chance, I'm not going to get in the way of that. She says like, yeah, hopefully you guys will patch things up. And she's, I don't get the sense. I, I think she made the decision the moment she sees Ben has had a change of heart to let him have it um, without dropping this news. And so I think she's decided I'm going to swallow this information and let this play out. Let Ben do his thing here. But you can feel that that's not easy. You can. Well, I love that like in the previous scene, she doesn't say, oh, I'm going to like swallow my feelings and, you know, just let him have his boundaries. I'm going to interfere and ask him to do it on my side, like for me. Mm-hmm. And now in this scene, it's like, oh, I'm going to swallow it and let him do it on his own. I don't think, I think she's still on the side of like, they like now he's going in the direction that I thought that he should go like it's like no i almost can't help herself i i don't i don't think that's where this is coming from i think this is coming from a place that i don't feel comfortable to tell ben about this more so than i I want them to get together and be good you know good buddies but Um, she could have said something like you know he's playing with the basketball hoop and he's like yeah you know maybe we should give him another chance instead of saying oh yeah like i hope you guys patch things up she could have been like, you know, I've been thinking about it too. And I, you know, I just want to say that I, you know, respect how you feel. And, you know, she could have said any number of things that wasn't continuing to push him in that direction. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I think I read it differently in that. I think she's fully uncomfortable with Ben's dad and I don't see her wanting Ben and the dad to like make it work but that she's just like like passive i don't know if pacifying the situation is the right word but like she's not trying to throw a wrench into it she's just but i i don't think in this moment that her interest or goal is in them being like having a close bond um because i think there's a real there's if that's going to be a thing she's now going to have to see more of Ben's dad and she's feeling uncomfortable about that. So it's like, I think if we, if we frame this from, she thinks about herself, like if Ben and his dad make up and like reconcile and they're good, she has to deal with this guy now. Yeah. But I think like in her heart of hearts, like the reason she was coming at it from this direction is she thinks they should have a relationship. Like that's the right thing to do and it's like she's like somewhere down there she like because she doesn't understand the toxicity and you know she's and she's not cutting things off with her parents like that hasn't even been a thought for her mm-hmm. yeah it's it, it's like she doesn't understand what that even means I think so that was like, definitely true in the last scene that we saw her in with this situation. But I think once this awkward thing happened to her, I think she realizes that this goes a lot deeper than she, than she gave it credit for. I don't think that she's coming from exactly that same place for this conversation with Ben. Um, I don't think she's in exactly the same place, but I 
I don't think she's moved that far away yet. Okay. Yeah, I think it's just a matter of when you think that when you think that turn is. I think the turn happened with the kiss or the attempted kiss. Um, it sounds like you think it happened a little bit later, but yeah, she tends to need to mull things over, I guess. And I think it really probably for me, I think it happened the next time she saw him, and mm-hmm. she felt how uncomfortable it was to be around, especially when Ben left the room. Yeah, like that moment right there. I think probably crystallized it a bit more for her. It's interesting. We got to the same place, just in sort of a slightly different timing. And I'd be curious to know from the listeners when you, what, like where you think this happened for Felicity. Um, We'll, we'll get there though. We'll get a little bit further along. Let's look at, this was a, we have a Megan and Molly scene. Yep. Not a lot of meat on this bone, but we've got some. So Megan has clearly been jumping through a lot of hoops for Sean and she's cooking for sabbath she's got to get some wine and uh and molly's like that's cooking wine if anyone knows what cooking wine is um it's got a bunch of salt in it it's disgusting you know no um but she's gonna take it because it's for sabbath and also baby earrings did anyone else see the baby earrings i missed them oh my god (laughs) megan is wearing these little naked babies that are like maybe, I don't know, an inch, inch and a half tall as earrings. Wow. They're fantastic. I love them. Cool. All right. Well, there's that. There's that. And uh, Megan's relaying to Molly that Sean's Jewish now. That's what's happening. That's our deal. That's, that's, but yep, that's going on. It's pretty much all we get there uh that's that's fine so okay now now one of my things interesting yeah one of my predictions yeah so we're gonna we're gonna see you know just a bunch of guys from class talking in the hallway tracy and finn and some other guy they're all chatting it up and apparently there's a rumor going around now uh mcgrath he's been busted for sexual harassment and that was my prediction for last season Mm -hmm. and so there's i guess a list that's circulating of people who are thought to be his like people he's harassed um i'm thinking that's a i'm i'm thinking that list isn't a real list but a list that somebody's like put together is that is that your sense like a suspicion I, of who's been with McGrath more so than like a document that is proving it? It sounded to me like it was some sort of HR investigation okay. kind of folder of people who like, it doesn't sound like it's like, uh, just, like, just people suspected. just talking yeah right it, well and it also doesn't sound like it's just sexual harassment it's people who have slept with him yeah so you're right? so you're thinking it's like a, a report that hr is putting together that got leaked yeah because okay. he uh the other the tall guy says uh yeah someone from blah 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 department printed this out you know and finn is like clearly trying to hide this piece of paper from Tracy. Yeah. He's like grabbing it back from him and he's like, nah. 
Yeah. And then like while he's doing that and there's all this distraction happening, Finn tries to back out of dinner with Mm -hmm. Elena and Tracy because now it's real awkward with Elena. And um, Tracy ends up getting this list and he looks it over and he sees that Elena's name is on it. And had it been like a sexual harassment list, like, I don't know, Tracy has this weird reaction. He's like, Elena's on the list. And it seemed didn't seem like he was mad at McGrath for sexually harassing his girlfriend. It seemed like they, like, as the writers just wanted us. This is a list of people McGrath has slept with. Yeah. To like, just jump to that conclusion that like, Oh, Tracy automatically knows Elena's had sex with him now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, he, he, he knows in his heart of hearts probably, but he's going to, confront elena about it and get the information um directly but if it was her. just a list of sexual harassment sexual harassment can mean a lot of things it doesn't mean an affair within a student uh, like yeah. a student. yeah okay so he's seen that list and you know you might be thinking to yourself what a weird time like, at this point in this episode you might be thinking like what a weird time to bring <laughs> this up because they've been sitting on this for an entire season and what seven episodes (laughs) so it's like why now now it'll make sense when we see how (laughs) things come out about finn and elena but i do wonder was this couldn't have been the master plan since season like the beginning of season two right i don't know when they decided that this is how this information was going to come out they've just been sitting on it for a long time but i guess it's certainly, I don't know how they mapped this one out in the writer's room. Yeah, I'm starting to feel as we're talking about it, like more things seemed a bit forced than I originally thought while watching it. But the thing is with this one, okay, maybe forced, but like this reveal, like as where the other things where it's like, this feels forced because you're trying to rush something. This, you know, we found out about their affair at what the last episode of season one right and then was it the first episode of season two where elena tells noel what i did over my summer break had an affair with mcgrath it's over and that's it right so they've been and and you may be thinking like when is this going to come up again (laughs) in fact i told you it was going to come up again and i made you wait yep basically a season and almost a half Uh to get to this so (laughs) they've been sitting on this very big important information for all of season two all of scene is complete all of elena's complete lack of storyline they waited for her to get into a really serious relationship they waited for her to have an affair and then they were going to bring it up so that the affair could be outed holy moly no i i agree (laughs) this was not a master plan this was Someone in the writer's room was like, how do we bring this out? And someone was like, remember (laughs) that guy? (laughs) Um, Yeah, no, I think this was forced in a different way. This was a a moment of convenience that they pulled from an earlier season. And they are going to expand on both of these elements. So they're not, it's not just going to be a thing where the McGrath reveal allows for the Finn reveal and then it's done. Yeah, they're going to they're going to get a there's a little more juice to squeeze out of this. So they 
obviously the writers, like when they were breaking story and they figured out what was going to happen for different characters, they wanted this to come out and they, they worked it. So this would all come out in the right order. Um, but goodness, I know it's like, oh yeah, that end. Like we were saying earlier with an audience that you were, you watched this when it aired once yeah. a week. They're like, who is? McGraw? Yeah. We, this, uh, most people watching the show at this point probably had absolutely no clue what the storyline was about. Yeah. Uh, yep. Return of Professor Old Man Smell. Mm-hmm. That guy. I mean, they did like nothing to try to set this up. So um, I wonder how many people even knew what they were talking about with this. But well, we all know now because we're big fans and we've rewatched mm. and we're rewatching now. But it- reruns. I mean, there were reruns over the summer and stuff. So I guess people could have watched those. I guess so, but it would have been reruns from two years ago. I don't know. It's like well, maybe, maybe usually, yeah, they had those like marathons where they just like play back-to-back episodes until like the new season aired. Mm-hmm. They would have been really banking on that for this. Because otherwise, who, who is McGrath? Why does this matter? Um, yeah. yeah, it's it's the weirdest. So, okay. So, Elena and Noel. And Noel has totally gone off the deep end. He's got a, just handfuls of printed emails. Uh, just walking sharing. down the hallway, handful of Jane's emails, all printed. Just reading off every single thing he's learned about or all these details. And Elena's like, you are not getting away with this. Uh, yeah what the hell is like, wrong with Noel? <laughs> i know he's like i've got all of this information she's like people don't have instructions he's like well let's test that and so he's like yoga let's start there so he's gonna show up at yoga class there's jane nope. he's gonna start quoting her he's reading the same book she is reading which was called raise high the roof beam carpenters never heard of it Never heard of it either. Um, he invites her to get Indian food because he knows she loves it so much. And she's like, oh, look at all these coincidences. How about this? I'm just uh, like, really? Um, like he shows up late. He's He sits behind, he, like he puts his mat out behind her. And then we never get to see him actually try yoga, which I'd really like to see. Because yeah. he's definitely going to fall at some point. Yeah, I guess so. No, come on, man. Um, also, Jane, come on. Well, I don't know. I mean, should Jane really have, should Jane have known? She hasn't thought about this guy for a second. I don't know. It's like the yoga plus the reading the same book plus Indian food. Like, all right, I'll give her a pass. But Maybe once. <laughs> next yeah. uh, next scene. Yeah. When yeah. she word when he word for word quotes her email back to her. <sighs> um. Yeah. It's he's a lot. All right, Sean and Megan. Yep. Megan has bought all kinds of groceries for him in the hospital. Yes. Like, oh, you've really done your mitzvah. He's using the lingo. 
And she was like, yeah, and it was great when I got 10% off because I told the guy I was going to convert to Judaism. And Sean's kind of moping around, and all of a sudden... He perks up. Perks right up. Yeah. Would you do that? You'd convert to Judaism? Megan's like, no, no, I'm not not not. doing that. That's not a thing. No. And then he says, well, I guess we'll have to break up then. (laughs) And she's like, what the... He's like, look... I want my kids to be Jewish. It, how could it possibly work between a deeply religious Jew and a witch? And then we have the worst pun ever. Yeah, I don't want them to be, I want them to be Jewish, not Jew witch. It, you know, I mean, they, they worked it in. They got it. They got it. They, somebody... Triple bonus points. It was like, you could tell that that was the joke they wanted to get into the script. And it was like, who, who can do it? Um, yeah. They did yeah. They did it. So there's that. Um, Sean doesn't know how to do things halfway now, does he? <laughs> he really does not. No. No. Yeah. And uh, oh. and Megan, Megan's just like, screw you, grabs the, grabs her purse, grabs the wine, and uh, and just leaves, which I think is probably the best reaction to have because it was such a ridiculous situation except i went to high school with someone who did the exact same thing only he was christian and his girlfriend was jewish and he dumped her um after like three plus years of dating because he was like you're not christian i can't date a christian like i can't marry someone who's not christian i'm like then why were you dating for like three plus years and in this situation too all of this is exacerbated by the fact that Megan has never been like this in a relationship probably ever. I mean, how vulnerable has she gotten with Sean over the last you know, few couple episodes? You know, he, he got really sick. She got really worried. She was, she's been taking, she's obviously been taking care of him in all kinds of ways. And then he, and then he starts giving her these grocery lists. And then he's <laughs> like, I need, I need candles. I need this. I need that. And she's doing all of it. And she cares about him. And I've, I'm willing to bet she's never done anything like this level of care and support for anybody she's dated. and Or maybe anybody. Or maybe anybody in her world ever. And then, you know, for him, after all of this, for him to be like, you fundamentally don't work for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, what? But it's also so Sean. It's like, he... It's like he just went so far overboard with this. And yeah. then it was like he, he he was sad. You could tell he was sad. And but he's like, it can't be. We're the Romeo and Juliet of a modern era. It's like, right. you're not. You're not. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. He, yeah. um, I just, I really, as, as weird and awkward and funny as this is, and like, it's also, I just really feel for Megan because I'm like, yeah, this is, what does this woman have to do? Um, she's but all, I mean, she's all in. I know. <laughs> and, and I'm glad he had somebody there to talk to, but like, I can tell you, I, I mean, I, I guess if it's sort of a, a con- I can't say a conversion like this, but like a religious experience like this, like I, I understand like wanting to have kids of a certain faith and like, you know, if 
you're orthodox or like you you know it it is a thing and it's a like religion is very very important it just there's something so ridiculous about Sean doing this so quickly that uh and it and it doesn't seem real I guess uh because he does rethink it that I don't know it I'm glad that Megan could just sort of brush it off and be like okay like I get it it's Sean but I'm also I guess also not gonna fault some people who you know do have very deeply held beliefs and do want you know their kids raised uh in a certain religion for looking for someone of that same religion it's just I guess don't uh, the thing that gets me is when you know I've had a number of friends do this where it's like I'm just gonna date whoever but then when I'm actually thinking about marriage and kids I'm not gonna date outside my faith Mm -hmm. it's like why were you dating the other people in the first place Mm -hmm. like if you're if you had such deeply held beliefs and all of them included no sex before marriage uh which you broke (laughs) like why now like why is this the thing yeah i will say um that this isn't this doesn't directly address anything what you were just saying but i think if if we're also looking at like sensitivity around addressing religious issues here i do want to say that we will get more of the sean pursuing judaism storyline so i don't want anybody to sit here think like if this is a first watch or if you haven't watched it in a while and you don't remember they're not trying to say he's this quick to abandon it um that they'll give us more they're going to explore it and and i actually think they're going to give us more depth to his exploration of this religion than we'll get in most other shows ever (laughs) so like i think we'll get to see some different cultural things here um in, in episodes coming up, which I'm glad about, I'm glad that they explore it in the show. But if you're just sitting here thinking like, oh my, how fair weather he is about this. Um, you know, there's more to come. If you want to see more of this storyline, you'll get it. Yeah. I appreciate him towards the end where he's like, well, I'm really going to have to think about this and how important it is to my life. Mm-hmm. Like I, I guess I, I figured the plot line continued. Um, yeah, it's not yeah. that I thought that he wasn't having a real experience. It's just the way he went about it. Yeah, it's it's, it's your classic Sean, like all in or all nothing. You know, it's just, yeah. <laughs> it's like, that's, that's how he does this, everything. And that's how yep. he's doing this. Yep. So we're going to get this really dancing around the edge scene here with Elena and Tracy. We're at Elena's apartment. I appreciated getting this little tracking shot of Elena walking from their laundry room to her room because it was like, Ooh, what else is in this apartment? Um, <laughs> but they just sort of gave us a hallway and then her her room. Um, Tracy is going to confront her about McGrath, but, but, but doesn't name McGrath at first. So she thinks they're having a conversation about something else it's that classic tension and but he, he says mad right like he, he comes says, in hot is it true and she's like yeah <laughs> and she like immediately apologizes because she thinks he's talking about finn right but imagine tracy coming in and the 
if the question on the table was like, did this professor sexually harass you? Mm-hmm. She wouldn't be apologizing, which is what makes me think the that list it was just is... like a list of people who slept with McGrath. Yeah. So yeah, I, that makes sense. So, um, and they have to have him come in hot because if she, th- she has to think that he's talking about Finn because she's almost going to spill the beans here and she starts to apologize. And then he goes McGrath. <laughs> and she's like, wait, what? Huh? That guy? Now this is a surprise to Elena because Elena has not had a relationship with McGrath for a very long time, as we've just said. Years. So it's like, Years. what? How would you even know about like her wheels are now turning in a totally different direction from where they were before. And in fact, I mean, she was supposed to be going into, well, so she, she's just like, I thought we were talking about this thing, but we're talking about this. Yeah. Wait, what? And what I appreciate about, so Tracy is sort of just saying, I thought we told each other everything. He's having he's this revelation. Mad. Yeah. Like, I, I like, why didn't you tell me? Like, I thought we told each other everything. Yeah. And he's so hot that he doesn't understand, like, it doesn't even compute for him that her uh, her reaction is not matching what he has been in- talking about. Yeah, I mean, if he really sat with this, he'd be like, wait, when you started apologizing, right. what did you think I was talking about? Yeah. So they're, they're both having their own separate world happening in the same room right now and their own separate conversation happening. And she's like no sorry I'll, I'll tell you everything from now on it's fine it's fine like whatever McGrath like <laughs> yeah. just sitting there thinking McGrath for two do- totally different reasons I do kind of like that the choice that Donald Vazon made was you can just see this look of sort of like he's just totally grossed out yeah, he slept. He is tunnel buddies with McGrath now. It's, He's like, it's I'm not okay. It's not okay. <laughs> it's really not. He's like, I'm not going to take it too seriously, but it freaks me out. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. I don't know, Elena. I, I just, yeah. Like, they didn't necessarily give him dialogue around him being grossed out, but it was a real choice to hold his face that way <laughs> for yeah. the whole scene. He's, like, obviously seeing things very differently right now. I'm just like, oh, Tracy. And this just, it reminds me of, of course, my favorite watch, you know, show to watch uh, just over and over, Frasier, with their... Um, Frasier, if you haven't watched, that is a continuation of Cheers, which if you watch all of it is 21 seasons long. Um, So, yes, I have. Um, And there's this guy, Cliff Clavin. And I guess, I don't know, he's he's not quite McGrath, but he's, he's kind of like, oh, man, he's not the best liked. He's... The person who's always correcting everyone and he's a mailman he's really proud of that and you get to this so cliff isn't even in i mean he's in like one episode of fraser and you get i don't know five seasons into when cheers has ended and we there's this great season where um the main character from cheers shows up the bartender and he's he's talking to Fraser, and then the woman that he's seeing shows up, and it turns out Fraser has slept with her. 
And so he's all worried that, you know, Sam is going to get upset that he slept with this woman. And she's like, you know, she's starting to come clean. She's like, I know it was stupid. I was drunk. And I just, I, I slept with, and it, she ends up saying Cliff. And both of them look at each other and look at her. And you, the look of disgust yeah. that comes over their face. They're like, Cliff? Yeah. And then for the rest of the episode, they're just like, I can't believe I slept with someone who slept with Cliff. And he breaks it off. It's over. So I also think it's worth pointing out, you know, because you had mentioned the term tunnel buddies. Well, I, I think another thing that's happening here, too, if you're Tracy, Tracy is, has not slept with Elena. Uh-huh, still a virgin. True. So think about what that means, because like, OK, if you're going to give a list of partners you've slept with, before, <laughs> Tracy's list is zero. Yeah. Elena's list is long. We don't know how long it is, but we know it's pretty long as per her own estimation. And, and on it, it <laughs> is McGrath. So like, what are all the things that could bring up for a virgin? You know, it's like, who am I with? Like, how do I, how, how like, I don't know if he's thinking, how do I compete with that? How do I perform nope. up to those nope. standards? Like what nope. standards does she even nope. have? Uh-uh. Like, I think he's just going, oh, ew. Yeah, ew. but it, you could also have this going on, like where it's just like, in, um, like there's ew, and then there's like pure intimidation at how, like how deep does this list go and where does it go? You I know, like he went there from his face. For me, all it read was ew. Yeah, I definitely saw you. I definitely saw you. But I think if he sits with this, it's like, who is on her list? What? I mean, like, I mean, he's my God. He definitely is judgy. I didn't like how he came at her for this. Yeah. At all. Like, yeah. the fact that he was mad, the fact that he didn't clarify what sexual harassment went, meant, the fact that, like, I get that she was apologizing at first because she thought it was Finn. And then I think she continued to apologize because of Finn. Now, had yeah. Finn not been a factor and he walked in and approached her about McGrath like this, she would have been like, are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? You're judging me for someone I slept with several years ago and I've been so patient well, with you? I think part of what has to be spinning in her brain right now is there's a list circulating. Like yeah. everybody's seeing this list and maybe this is from HR what is she now getting dragged into? So I think if it were me, one of the things I'd be thinking would be like, oh my God, what kind of storm is about to erupt on that front, let alone the storm she knew about. <laughs> you know, right. this is like, this is very public. It's obviously circulating widely and her name's on it. So like everybody she encounters could know about All this. her grades. He was yeah. her professor. Yep. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So there's going to be a lot of stuff that, and, and this is going to be something she thinks about. They don't really show you that here, but it is naturally something that you like, this list is public, you know? So yeah. what is this about to do to her life? Um, so I want, you know, probably some of it is like, She's feeling guilty about the Finn stuff. And I don't know that she's feeling guilty about the McGrath stuff, but she is like, what holy hell is about to be unleashed on me on that no. front now? 
Um, did I even have the bandwidth <laughs> like, yeah. for any of this, let alone both of these things? So I feel like this next scene was one. So, okay, we're at the loft. Felicity and Ben are together. Dad comes over because Ben wants to try again now. And has and Ben is just smiling. Mm-hmm. Like Felicity's, you know, putting a pillow behind him and he's just like all smiley. And again, this is why I think he's on so many painkillers. Yeah. Well, he is on some painkillers, we're gonna find out. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, yes. But we don't know what or how yeah. many. Yeah. <laughs> it's definitely Felicity is feeling very awkward. We can see that, but she's not really trying to like get in the way. She's letting Ben's dad and Ben play and have fun and they're playing basketball and she does have this super awkward laugh at one point that I was just like oh that like first she's like it's fine and then he's like comes in and her dad's saying oh like she's my liaison and I'm indebted and she has this like awkward laugh and there's like yeah that's what I love her it's like isn't she great you know it's like oh god we can't yeah. we can't with this side-by-side Covington situation yeah. um so Ben everything hits the fan when Ben gets up he says I need to get a pain pill she's like no I'll get it for you. and he's like no I also have to go to the bathroom Ugh, can't do that. yeah can't do that <laughs> so now Ben vacates the room. Felicity and dad are now alone. Uh, and Ben's dad clearly has been waiting for this moment because he immediately swoops in. He's like, I just, you know, about what happened. Yeah. I mean, I mean, just the stuff out of his mouth. You know, he's like, thank you. You know, you, you clearly haven't told Ben. He starts justifying it. He's like, I'm sorry. I was alone. You know, I was... I began to feel like so hopeful with you around and like, thank you so much. And this is just like, we don't need to, we don't need to go over this. Yeah. It's it's done. And he just keeps going and going. And she's like, I'm uncomfortable. And this, like this moment when he starts coming over and saying all this stuff to her is when I really felt it. Like the tension she had even before Ben left the room, like you, she just looked so tense. Yeah. And then we, then we get this just shot. It pans up and you just see Ben and his father standing side by side, like we're Felicity looking at them. And it's so creepy yeah and i have to say when he's talking with her everything about it is is uncomfortable and creepy but then it just like doubled down when he said thanks for not telling ben something about that it was like everything he had said to that point was uncomfortable but then to then be like thanks for keeping the secret it's like you jerk interesting i didn't have that that reaction i actually thought he was gonna like after he ran away, there'd be another scene where he's like, please don't tell Ben. Um, Cause he no, never just asked something her. about that. He's it's like, it's like good girl. You've kept this secret. I was like, Oh, that is so gross. Everything is gross here. And that's another gross thing. Gross. I just, I don't know. You I want her I, to I didn't... keep this a secret from Ben? Come on, man. She already is keeping it a secret. And she so is, and he's for giving me... her a positive like reinforcement about it. And it's like, yeah. no, 
No, man. I don't know. I guess I didn't see it any more or less creepy as any of the other things he was saying, all of yeah. which were creepy. But um, but I get it. I mean, if I was him, I'd be like, thanks for not like busting me, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now we're going to get, okay, Felicity is in the bathroom, that, that tiny bathroom set. And... So tiny. They changed the painting too on the How wall. About that? That's nice. Yeah. So, of course, we're going to have to ramp up the awkwardness here. So Ben says, look, you know, got these tickets to a play with my dad, but I can't go. Can you go for me? That'd be great. I mean, we can't just let these tickets go to waste. Sure you can. I thought he got tickets for him and Felicity to go to a play, but now he can't go. So he's like, will you take my dad? It could be. It could be something like that. There are two tickets. Yes. Ben asks Felicity to go. And she's like, no, I really don't want to do that. He's like, look, they were expensive. I'm like, dude, sell them. Um, Yeah, like this isn't this isn't really a reason to go. Um, And he says, please do it for me. (sighs) And she says, yes. And this harkened like this goes directly back to where she was like, you know, please give your dad one more chance for me. And he said, yes. Yeah. So I He's feel like it for me stuff. It's just bad peer pressure happening here. Yeah, not um, good. Not good. So we're gonna get another Megan Molly scene. They're they're getting tight. Shonda Are they? Are they? <laughs> Molly seems to be hearing everybody's biggest deal. You know, yeah, like and says nothing in return. I mean, Megan's there. Broke up with me because I'm not Jewish. I was vulnerable and whatever. Molly says nothing about herself true the writers don't know the writers don't know until like the very end of this episode they don't know who she is she is still a non-entity for me it's just creepy she's a ghost they finally gave you pertinent information for her at the very end of this episode that will tie in with like if you for people who remember the show really well if you think about molly what you're probably going to remember is what they're setting up now um we know there was drugs in the apartment and now we know that she either i don't know whether that was an aa or an al-anon meeting i'm assuming I assumed it was, was al-anon, al-anon because they only named al-anon yeah that was my assumption yeah um, so this isn't this isn't there's not much to this i think they're just keeping molly integrated so she, you know megan's talking about how sean broke up with her and then she drinks the gross wine yeah and, and realizes that cooking wine has salt in it ew yeah, and that's that's pretty much that. But they're just kind of keeping Molly in the fold for the moment. Um, okay. <laughs> We're back to your favorite plot line. Noel and Elena are at, Ep- at Epstein Bar. Noel is reading Jane's email. Just, just reading her email. A printout to Elena. Mm-hmm. Elena interrupts by saying, I cheated with Finn. That's a lie that I've been holding on to and like a secret I've been holding on to. And I was like, oh my God, Finn? <laughs> Finn? Tom Cruise want a Finn? Yeah. Um, I like also, that they just never, that. I know. I never thought of him as Tom Cruise. Like, I don't see it, but okay. Well, the show did. They obviously cast Apparently. him for this purpose, I guess. So he, um, he's like, he's well, like, who else knows? Yeah. Just says only you. And so I guess the point of that, I mean, she's just unloading and releasing because she has to, but also it's like secrets are bad. Well, <laughs> I, I feel like, so Noel's 
reading the emails and he's like, I'm reading the emails because I'm a monster, right? Mm -hmm. I feel like she feels comfortable saying this because he's doing something so inappropriate. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Like they've, they're both, they've both done really bad things. So she's like, well, you can't judge me, you monster. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's true. So Noel's going to make a, make them make a deal that neither of them is going to keep in this episode, which is, all right, I'll tell Jane what I'm doing. You tell Tracy. And she's like, this is not an equal impact <laughs> sort of arrangement here. Um, I have a little, a little more to lose than you. Yeah. You, girl, you don't Barely really know. know. And me, I don't know how long I've been dating this guy, but I know I haven't been getting any. Yeah. Well, maybe a little. Yeah. All right. So we're going to head back to the hospital now. Sean's reading. Is it the Torah? I would What's assume. Reading? Yeah. So he's reading the Torah. He's all in. Yep. <laughs> and his neighbor in the neighboring bed identifies himself. He's like, I'm actually, I'm a rabbi. And I just have to interject. Yeah. <laughs> I have a question. I have some questions. <laughs> I just feel question like you, you need some guidance in this situation. And I'm going to jump in unsolicited because you need it, man. Yeah. Uh, what? Hey, what happens if you relapse? This little deal you made with God. Like what happens? What happens yeah. if something else bad happens to you with your relationship with God? Yeah. He's like, you know, God is not a crash diet. It, it, it's, he's not a fad. It's a way of life yeah you know a way of so, life that you can maybe pursue with the girl you just broke up with he's like propose to her yeah just... well he's like do you love her yeah and sean's like yes i love her well then propose and sean's like are you sure you're a rabbi yeah is that is that okay can i do that clearly it's nice that sean reformed. has a moment of wisdom i mean i think the wisdom itself some things made sense to me some things were a little overboard but I, I would say like Sean needed somebody to say everything in moderation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, that was, that was his version of everything in moderation. I liked it. <sighs> so we're going to get Elena now, and Tracy. And I'm just going to start at the top. Great hair, great outfit. Good job, Elena. Take it away, Melissa. This, so I, I guess we're supposed to think that Elena is going into this considering revealing her, you know, infidelity to Tracy, because that's the deal she sort of maybe almost kind of made with Noel just then. <laughs> so yeah. we, we think that she's trying to work her courage up to say that. And she starts to, she's like, sit down, Tracy. It's been great being your girlfriend. You know, I have appreciate, great to know you. Yeah. Um, like you can see that she's setting herself up for the fall here. And he's like, wait, 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 no, no, no. I just want to, hold on. Just let me talk first. I he wrote a poem so for you. He gets so excited. He gets so excited. I, he's so cute. I love, I just love Tracy. And Tracy recites a poem that he's created for her. It's terrible. It's, it's not the a good worst poem, poem ever. It's, I don't he's, care. He's not a poem writer. Okay. That's it. He's not a poet. That's what the real word is. Nobody says poem writer. People say poet though. And that's what I just corrected myself to. He's not a poet. So uh, it's okay. cute though. It's so cute. It's the gesture yeah. that counts. And it totally takes all of the courage right back out of Elena's. Like she, she can't, she can't interrupt this to tell him the truth. Mm -mm. 
No apology happens here. You know who else doesn't apologize or reveal any important information? I'm going to go with Noel. It's going to be Noel. We're going to get a Noel and Jane dinner or lunch or whatever they're having. It. It's Indian food. It's the thing they're doing. Mm-hmm. And Noel's in the middle of comparing graphic design to Palobolus, which I guess is a dance group. That's what she said. Dan- like a dance troupe. Yeah. So he's already breaking his own rules. He certainly doesn't doesn't seem like a good way to tell her that you've been reading her emails if you're just no. going to start bringing up stuff that she loves. But see, then he gets himself into some trouble because he had forgotten about something called follow-up questions. Yeah. Perhaps some more research upon the internet box Yeah, would have helped. Yeah, so she's going to ask him about his interest in Palabalus, and he's like, you know what? Uh, hey, <laughs> let me let me defer. Like, so he he switches direction, and he says, hold on a second. Like, I just have to tell you the truth. About what? He says, look, this food is great and all, but what I'd rather be doing is making love to you, which is a line that he read from her email of what she wanted a guy to say to her. Directly ripped. straight word word for word this man has not yet realized that every time he has ever quoted anybody's advice or anything anybody's ever said to him directly to his partner it's not worked out yeah why hasn't he figured out this pattern i don't know and it's definitely not going to work if you're quoting the person to the person um she slaps him yeah and I wasn't sure exactly why she slapped him, whether she didn't want him to be saying that or what I really thought happened was she realized it was her email. Like I, I thought she had that moment of realization. That, I don't oh think my that's God. what they were trying to set up there. What no, they were trying they to clearly do. Clearly were not because yeah. later she apologizes. But in my mind, I was like, oh, she finally gets it. That might be a really failing of that. later. <laughs> That might that might be a failing of that because they were trying to get him just revealing the saying her line. And then I think they were trying to get her thinking shame like you, asshole. But that is not how it came off to me. Yeah, I think that ends up being a problem. Then it's a point of confusion. They probably should have worked through more than they did in the writer's room. Um, I did like that. She slapped him. I just thought it was for a different reason. She's feisty. She is. Tyra Banks. Sure is. She's Jane. So Felicity and Ben, we're going to come up on another scene with them now. And it's, you know, 10 minutes before Felicity's supposed to go meet Ben's dad for this play that they're supposed to see. Felicity is feeling sick. She is trying to make an excuse. The dog ate her homework. She's not (laughs) feeling comfortable with it. Ben is seeing the vibe. He's feeling the vibe. And he's like, what what happened what tell me what's going on yeah he's like what's wrong and she says no 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 no, nothing and he's like tell me she says look he just makes he just makes me uncomfortable ben says a couple times did he do something to you and she says no the first time and the second time he asks silence he knows he knows he doesn't know what happened but he knows he knows his dad like he knows this situation he knows what felicity like he can feel the discomfort he knows felicity and he just leaves he he obviously on a mission 
he literally takes his sling off Mm -hmm. to leave, which is what made me think he's going to try to punch him with a broken arm. I was like, why would you take your sling off? Just wear the sling. You wear the sling. You're walking. Yeah. It's fine. Uh, Wear the sling. But he's he's not wearing the sling. No. He's going to confront his dad, who's in a restaurant, like a nice restaurant. So is Felicity supposed to meet this guy in a restaurant? dinner before this is awkward can you even imagine so um ben is now in this nice restaurant and he's gonna confront his dad who is sitting down and Mm -hmm. ben is standing up above him yeah and ben is saying felicity is too uncomfortable to be with you what did you do and his dad is going full gaslight, like just full on blaming Ben. Uh, the like, second thing he said here bothered me so much. Say it, say it. So he starts, he says, I was upset. You refused to see me. Mm-hmm. You jerk. Yeah. You refused to see me. I was talking about you. I got sad and we hugged. She reached out. She was, she was, you know, and and then I sort of, I sort of kissed her. But Uh. I came to, I, I came to be here in your life. Like, that's why I'm here. I'm worried about you, you, call you, this guy. (laughs) When he said you refuse to see me, I almost lost it. I know. I almost threw all my highlighters across the room in a bad way because highlighters are never thrown for a good reason. Sometimes it's because you read the wrong invisible man. Sometimes it's because of this. Yeah. I, I was like, you were the I don't know who's the worst fish, <laughs> but for me, Ben's dad, you're the worst. You refused to see me. And so I kissed your girlfriend or tried to. Nope. 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 <laughs> no. It's bad yeah. enough what you did, Ben's dad. <laughs> but like, this is not Ben's fault at all. <laughs> like, Correct. Which is uh, why it was such a letdown when it was like, he's like, I can't, Ben's dad is like, I came here to be in your life. And all Ben does is say, I don't want you in my life. And, and he doesn't even say it in an angry way. He doesn't take a swing at him. He he doesn't. I mean, you said resolute. The, there was an like, importance in the way he said this to me. He says, I don't want you in my life. And I think for me, it was a really important, like, um, there isn't wiggle room here, sir. You know, it was just like, um, that's not, no, I don't want that. And it's important that he's there because a minute ago he did want that. He did want his dad to like, he wanted to give him another shot. That's gone. He did give him another shot. Yeah. And that's gone now. He's like, don't you even, I like that he didn't um, rebut or address any of the crap his dad just said, because it doesn't, it's, that's just not it. Like the point here 
is that I don't want you in my life. And so I should not engage. Like I, I felt like he was kind of having that angle. Then the next exchange though is also really important. So his dad, after all this says, I love you. Yeah. And we're going to see, and I want to say it happens in season four, that the words I love you are very, very loaded for Ben in this way for this reason. Like probably a lot of times, and like this is an example of probably a lot of times in his life when his dad did something really shady that hurt him very much. And then he came back and said all this, and then I love you. And so Ben has this association with the words, I love you. And we're going to come in like a later season. We're going to see a little bit of that. So I want you to remember this moment. Yeah, I have, I have a little bit of this in, in my life, not so much the, I love you, but the, like, like the, you do something really shitty and then like, you're going to hug me and say that, like, I'll thank you one day. Yeah. Nope. No, I'm not. Guess what? Not. It's one day. One day passed. Like, it was a while ago, and I didn't say thank you then. I'm not saying it now, and I won't say it ever. Yeah. So, <laughs> like, I, I feel this moment where it's just like, I don't know. For me... Like this, I don't want you in my life. Great. You know, resolute, final, very mature, not the guy who just put some guy in the hospital. This is no. not the same Ben here. Like, no, it's not. And I and I just can't help but think, um, I mean, yeah, it could be bad writing, but it could also be Ben's never been able to be that guy with his dad, which is why he has to be that way with everybody else. I mean, it could be, but they haven't given me enough okay. to like make that case. Yeah. Like, yes, he still is, was like looking down at the ground and stuff like that when his dad was around, but man, um, I just can't imagine that he isn't angry and doesn't in some way through his words or his actions, like want to hurt his father Yeah, and that it doesn't come across. You know, what interests me about this scene is I feel like this scene is a template that we all look at and put our own stuff onto it. I have a feeling everybody who watches this gets immediately transported to some sort of crappy situation in their own life where they pick a different line that is like, that's, that's, a, no. <laughs> no, no, no. And I bet it's different for a little bit different for all of us. And I think this scene ends up having a lot of impact, not because of because of our own lives yeah. as viewers. And I feel like what you're layering onto it, I get it and I and I can hear it and I and it's not like a far twist from stuff that I'm putting onto it, but I think we're both picking up slightly different language and we're, and layering onto it like, ah, I remember when that was said to me. <laughs> and it's just it's a scene that's so in some ways so like it's not cluttered. And because of it, it's, it's- uh bit universal. God, it brings you back to your worst moments, doesn't it? <laughs> gaslighting is, is just, I'm not in, I'm not for it. If you're a gaslighter, yeah. you're out. We're anti, we're both anti-gaslighting. We're very anti-gaslighting. And if you're pro-gaslighting, get out of our space. I just don't. <laughs> <laughs> 
when I hear gaslighting now, I hear it so clearly and I'm not about it. Um, yeah. I, it's I don't just... know. I feel like I was inoculated against gaslighting pretty early on. So it's like, all right, yeah, whatever. Like move it along. Some of the other stuff though, for me is still like, okay, that, that I'm not okay with. Like, yeah. yeah. Mm. Ugh, you refuse to see me. Screw you. I just, <laughs> I can't, I can't. But we're, this episode is not over. No, it is not. You'd think it might be after all this, but so but we're going to go back to the loft and Felicity is going to be coming in the door to see Ben taking the basketball net down. I mean, not, not very well, but like one-handedly with no yeah. sling, just sort of like wrecking it and leaving it on the wall. Yeah. Um, love that again, Felicity with the red jacket, chef's kiss. Yeah. Ben is going to come over and there's just this, this, uh, I don't know, this wound, this open wound. I don't even know whose wound it is anymore. Um, but Ben just comes to her and says, I'm just sorry you had to deal with that. I'm, I'm sorry. And it's she's not his to be around. sorry for. Yeah, first of all, but also on her side, she's like, it's okay. I'm fine. Like, don't worry about me. Well, you're not fine. It's not okay. And he can worry about you. It's like, so tricky, right? Because it's like she's just not wanting to add it. I felt in that moment that she was trying not to add another thing to his plate because she doesn't know what he even just did. Right. You know, Maybe so it's like, question. I just, I don't, I don't even like, it, it just felt like she was just trying not to load more, but you're right. She's not fine. No. Like she's going to need to work this through. But then Ben sits down and is very revealing about where he's at right now. He's like, I want to kill him. I feel like yeah. I'm going to explode. I have kerosene all over me. And at any moment, someone will touch it off. And she, she comes over to him. And she starts anecdotal. It's like she knows she wants to give him some pamphlets. It's like, I can't just give him pamphlets. <laughs> so she says, hey, remember a couple years ago, we were sitting in this very loft and we were carving pumpkins and you told me about your dad and I kind of thought I got it and I didn't. And you still do. And it goes a lot deeper than that. And then she says, look, please don't be mad at me for doing this, but I just I wanted to give you these pamphlets. And she's got, uh, I don't know, however many pamphlets she has there, probably one from Al-Anon, probably, you know, she's probably found a few different resources. <clears throat> and she, and he gets his back up a little bit on this. He's like, I don't, I don't need a group. I don't need a group. I, the, I'm not the problem here. Like I, the problem is I need a new dad. And I like that she says, yeah, but that's not going to happen though. Mm -hmm. um, he's, and, and he's kind of like, it's the, he's, he's feeling in the, his first instinct is to feel like she's telling him the problem is with him and he needs to fix himself. And she's saying, look, I care about you. You just said all these things about how you feel and they don't sound good. And I don't want you to feel like that. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. feeling like you're going to explode. Not fun. Mm -mm. Uh, also saying you're going to kill people. Not a good thing. It's not a fun place Regardless, to be in. 
regardless of who it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and he says, you know, stop treating me like I'm the one who's messed up. But then you're messed up. Yeah. Like, which isn't the thing to say to him at this moment, but that's true. Yeah. You know, I think it's and like, she says it very, you know, she, she's she doesn't say that. She's like, you know, it's not about you, you know, uh, being messed up. It's, it's about me the pain you're caring feeling. about you. Yeah. yeah. It's like, and you're feeling like, a lot of pain. Yeah. And what if maybe there's somebody who can help? Like, it's clearly not uh-huh. like I, so uh, I know this is probably too little too late for you in terms of what we're seeing here, but I think this, you've been wanting her to, I don't know. I think like, I'll, this is my note from an optimist. I think, look, we, we all need help. Sometimes help might look a little different for different people in different situations. This is probably something that help looks like for Ben in this moment. He needs, he needs resources of people who understand this situation. I think it's great that he's been able to start leaning on Felicity as somebody to start opening up to, which I don't think he ever had. But Felicity has some real limitations here. And you've been saying this for a long time now that like, this guy needs somebody to talk to who actually understands what's going on and can relate to what's going on. And I'm glad that she... I'm glad that she brings these resources to him. I'm glad the show brings these resources to us uh, and articulates them the way that you wanted to when we first opened up this storyline. And I, you know, I know that you want her to be cautious about other things. I know you want her to be cautious about the violent, ten- the violent tendencies he's shown. I want you to be, you know, I know you want her to be, trying to raise uh, resources like this with him earlier, but she's, I'm glad that she's doing it now. And I think, you know, we all, we all have moments where we need help and this isn't necessarily it for everybody in every situation, but asking for help or finding help or seeking help or seeking community among people who are dealing with similar things is something that can be tremendously useful in a process of dealing with a situation or healing from a situation and I'm glad they're starting to show us that here. I agree with that. Um, also, I just want to add, like, I think it's especially important that they actually have him go to a group here because for as many times as we said to to Julie, yeah, go talk to it. She didn't that we ever saw, you know, like, so to actually see this moment where somebody is seeking that help in a traumatic situation, I think it's very important. It is very important. And I think it goes back to what you were saying about her words landing for him because, you know, his, his final words in the scene are like, I'm not going, but like he, he does. And I, you're absolutely right. This is exactly the kind of thing that I was hoping she'd do is this is the role you can play. Like I'm here to listen and support you, but I can't do all of this because I haven't been through this. Here are people who can help you. Like here are people you can at least talk to, Mm -hmm. you know, someone, I mean, you don't even have to phrase it as help you. You can just say like, here's some people who've been through the same stuff, you know, 
And she's saying in addition to her, you know, like there she is sitting with him on the couch. Talk to these people. It's not saying talk to these people and never talk to me again about it. It's you've got me, but these people are probably going to be very useful in other ways like that. I can't be. So it's like, now look at all the resources you can have. Like so many people can be supporting you. Um, And it is like, I would say the saving grace of this episode that he does actually go because one of the things that has been bothering me this whole time with him is his refusal to get help Mm -hmm. along the way. I mean, he kind of gave into Pavone like a little bit, but like through all of his issues, he's just like, I won't get help. Like that's his, his knee jerk reaction is just no. And I think that's true of, a lot of people. A lot of people, if yeah. not most people, because uh, there's a lot of stigma attached to it, uh, especially in the U.S. Um, and so, you know, the the fact that he's open to this and we see him doing it is, I think, a real, I don't know, gives me, it gives me a little bit of hope. Well, I also think that there's hope to be seen in the fact that he articulated in words, I want to kill him. I feel like I'm going to explode. Like there's kerosene all over me. I'm going to explode. When he reveals that to Felicity, it feels like his innermost thought that he's never expressed to anybody. And the fact that he can say it to her, just to put start putting the words out there, that he can take it from being a physicalized action that's going to get him in real trouble to putting it in a word that he can say to somebody in in the safety of the loft. I think that's probably a big step for him as well. Even though it doesn't feel as good to us watching it, I think he just put it out there just a little bit and she listened and she took it in and she's helping and providing resources to help make that pain a little less for him if she can, but she also just listened to it and I don't know. I'm glad he did that because it, it could have come out in a physical violent form. And instead he took a moment to articulate it. And he's probably going to have to do a lot more of that in group, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know that I would call that a hopeful moment for me. Um, it's, I almost felt like he was talking to himself a bit. Um, I mean, she was there, but it's it's not a small thing to say that you want to kill somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and being able to say it in words doesn't necessarily mean that like it, it takes away anything from their impact on on you. I don't know. Like I. I think, I think it can though, as somebody who used to be very uncomfortable talking to friends about anything or people about anything that was bothering me and who internalized it all. Um, it was a very important first step to be able to start saying things to people. And if I look at him in this situation as somebody who's probably never been able to confide in anybody else about what he was dealing with, the level of trust he's got now with Felicity is so massive. I mean, dangerously so. And I think like, I think it's good that he's starting to expand to the universe of people we can talk to about this. But it's a first step that he 
is able to release a little, just, just a little, little release of, of saying stuff like this and knowing that there's support for him on the other side of it. Um, especially if he's able to come about it this way, which is more productive than him actually killing his dad. You know, like it's. Yeah. I, yeah, I think we're just gonna, we we're probably see this differently. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. For me, it, it kind of felt like a simmer. It yeah. kind of felt like it, it wasn't necessarily a release. It could build um so i don't know like i'm still not feeling 100 <laughs> percent. clearly i'm not feeling 100 percent about ben what what really made me feel a little better was him actually showing up to the meeting yeah the, the i want to kill him line is uh no that did not give me more comfort yeah so well okay we're gonna get a little bit more here and i i uh, misappropriated a line to earlier to what happens now so um that his his dad knocks on the door which is like the worst possible timing for him ever on the history of the universe um his dad comes in and says you know i'm leaving <laughs> ben's like goodbye yeah don't let the door hit you yeah it's just his dad's like that's it Ben's like, what do you want from me? <laughs> his dad asks for forgiveness. Ben says, I can't give that to you. And then his dad he says, says, I, I love can't you. give that to you right now, which yeah. I thought was really, again, this Ben is not the same Ben from like the last episode. It's like, you know, I want forgiveness. I can't give that to you right now. I mean, that's such a measured response. Yeah. Yeah. And his dad closes with the I love you. And again, that's the loaded part. And Ben just looks at the floor <sighs> and like doesn't say anything. And yeah. he's just. <sighs> yeah. Like he's literally just said he'd like this man dead at his own hands. Yeah. Like and this now is not... he's like, well, maybe I'll forgive. Like, maybe I can forgive you in the future. Like, no, this is just this doesn't line up for me. This guy like, didn't read the room. Um this dad didn't read the room here. I've had somebody s- deliver I love you in, uh, at the wrong time before as when really what was needed was an apology. And uh, it, um, about asking it, or apologizing or changing the way you act. Yeah. I, I also remember just being like, you did not read the room here. Yeah. This is not how I feel. <laughs> and if what you're expecting is a return of that sentiment, you're going to hold it against me not if I don't happening. give it to you that's your problem like that just not and and again like this this very loaded all this stuff that goes into his dad's i love you's is is something that um is a core core wound for ben uh we're gonna come back to it just gets awkward yeah i don't know what you want me to say like clearly i don't feel the same way yeah yeah, Bye. it's rough stuff. Please so leave. now we're going to go from this to like the weirdest, lightest <laughs> scene possible. So we're going to get Megan and Sean. Yep. Sean's going to take the rabbi's advice, literally, mm-hmm. even though he just broke up with Megan, he's going to propose to her. Of course. Of course he is. Megan just looks at her with question marks in her eyes. 
<laughs> what is happening to you right now? Did you or did you not just break up with me? He's like, yeah, but now I'm proposing. <laughs> it's being with you that's important, says Sean. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she's like, what? What about the whole Jewish thing? And he's like, no, it's you. <laughs> like what, what do you want and she's like i don't know an apology <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah, yeah i'm sorry yeah of course of course it's, it's, yeah, it's yeah. the proposal it's yeah, just like, yeah. no what do you do you even know what you're <laughs> apologizing for it's because yeah. i broke up with you it's because you broke up with me because i wasn't jewish he's like no okay you're right like i'm sorry I'm sorry. So by the end of this, Megan's saying, <laughs> yeah, well, okay. No to marriage. Yes to getting back together. Yeah. Sean's like, yeah, that's what I figured. <laughs> Which was the weirdest. So he's like, yeah, that's what I figured. So uh, he's, they, they leave this on like, yeah, he's going to keep exploring Judaism. They're yeah. going to stay together they're gonna they're, they're just gonna figure it out okay they're gonna figure out what this all looks like and they're but both he does to say to her like the thing is there was this rabbi next to me I mean, he's, he's actually gonna tell her and he's like he said that if i cared about you i should propose to you not break up with you yeah and so she's like all right he's like i need you know i need to see more time yeah i need more time to see if judaism is important and she love her she just by this time he's sitting next to her he was sitting across from her now he's sitting next to her and she just kind of wraps her body around him and leans down and says you're so weird in a way that's that's just like it's perfect that's exactly (laughs) what we needed at this moment in the episode yeah uh and then we're gonna get to something just horrific it's a, just yeah. a car crash right slow in front mo, of us slow mo ben and tracy and tracy says to ben elena told me about the fair the affair and i'm cool with it and finn's like what really it's amazing tracy I, you're just so understand i it wasn't <laughs> really an affair me and elena that was just the one time just one time Oh no. It's like Tracy's Uh, eyebrows raise and come together in the middle of his forehead. And well, I guess this is something we'll deal with next time. This is what? Yeah. Like Tracy is only just now. Yeah. (laughs) Like if if Tracy really sits with this for a minute, he might think back to when Elena just talked to him and was apologizing mm-hmm. for something before she knew what she was apologizing for. And and then there's this. And just a lot of things are going to add up here that weren't quite adding up before. But this is problematic. Yes. For Tracy. Not good. It's and not then good. we're going to head over to Dean and DeLuca, where Noel is currently being a terrible bus boy. Yep. That's what I wrote down. Dropping everything. Currently losing money for Javier. Yeah. Or whoever took over, I guess, is Javier's a student now. And Jane's going to come in. Yeah, which really confused me because I thought (laughs) that she had totally busted him for the whole email. Yeah. So if if that was a bust before, this doesn't (laughs) make sense, but it wasn't. 
so we're going to get the context for it here. But Jane, first of all, I like that Noel asks, is this a coincidence? <laughs> <laughs> She's like, no, no, yeah. it's not. <laughs> it's no, I came here on purpose. I came here to apologize to you, Noel creep, because... <laughs> You know, I was just saying to a friend of mine recently, I was like, I want a guy to say exactly what you just said. And then there I go slapping. I'm a hypocrite is what I am. Hypocrite. Could you, could you find it in your heart to give me another shot? Oh my God. Another chance. (laughs) Noel's just like, yeah, yeah, that could happen. Yep. Yeah, fish. This is we're, yeah, like you. You've got a little bit more time in front of you of this really uncomfortable situation, um, oh, or at least I do because I find it so uncomfortable. I just think what it's is funny. happening with Noel? I just. I, I mean, to me, I'm still on Jane. I'm like, what? Like, are you smart? Are you not? Like, what? Okay, yeah, really. she's interesting. I'll give her that. <laughs> We're going to close out here. Ben goes to group and they don't name it, but I think it's Al-Anon. Yeah. It, I mean, I don't know. It, it, it's got crosses all over the place. Uh, yeah, I, I would think so. And it's the only one they, Felicity gave him a bunch of pamphlets, but the only one that she named for him was Al-Anon. Yeah. And the only one that her dad named his dad named to her was Al-Anon. So I think they're trying to lead us down the road of this is Al-Anon. Yeah. And Ben goes to the group and, you know, they they ask him to introduce himself. And he says, it's Ben. They say, hi, Ben. We see that Molly is in the room. Yeah. Um, but we um, have to remember, it's also, it is Al-Anon, not, you know, when they talked about what was it cocaine anonymous otherwise known as na a narcotics anonymous mm-hmm. um like she did say like her brother was in into was her brother was into drugs mm-hmm. yeah yep. so i don't know if that's somehow linked to Al-Anon or like that's the place she's going um, there, this is finally something they're going to explore with molly they have now landed. Thank, they have officially <laughs> landed on something that is going to become more of a story for Molly. Thank you, writers, for figuring out just now yeah. who this person is. Um, well, that she's a person, because up to this point, she has basically been a ghost floating about the apartment, not doing anything, and has been creeping me out. Yeah. So please do something with this character or get rid of her. Yeah. So there you have that. Well, fish. Yeah. Uh, you have options here for sure. Let's go into the you're the worst segment. Who's the worst? Yeah. I don't really think it needs to be said. So I'm not going to waste any more time on it. That's it. That was pure apathy. Uh, it's not apathy. It's just, it, there's no question. We've said all the things. Uh, good luck with your recovery and get a new sponsor. Yeah, so I'm thinking that's going to be Mr. Covington. 
Yeah, there, as I said, it did not need to be said. Like, well, there, there it was. I went ahead and said yeah, it. Mr. Said Kevin, it. you're the worst. End of segment. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, you know, I mean, Fish, it's time for our favorite segment. Yeah. Yay. After you listen to this tape, you have to erase it. We asked, you all answered. We have <laughs> all kinds of thoughts about Julie that I want to yeah. share. I know it's been a minute, but we needed a minute to come up with our fan fiction. And here we are. <laughs> all kinds of cool thoughts here. I'm actually going to start um, with, this isn't directly about Julie as much as it's about our thoughts about where Felicity came down in terms of telling the mom. Julie's mom. So the first comment here is from at insta.mickey who says, I agree that Felicity, Julie's close friend of two years, was right to call back her mom and tell her she left. Julie didn't ask for her departure to be a secret. She was worried I would call if it were me. She didn't ask for it to be a secret. I mean, I guess, again, it. I think I'm still coming down on the side of Depends on what kind of relationship I had with Julie's mom and what I understood their relationship to be. Yeah. Like, we don't see that. Yeah, it's very true. Let's talk about, let's talk about Julie's summer. Let's talk about what, what we think happened. There's a lot of different thoughts here. Let's start with at Felicity Restoration Project. I think Julie was in a hugely complicated situation and probably being really spiteful towards the need for her only when it was convenient. I think she did really spend time, but ultimately the guilt was too much and causes her to leave New York. I know it's been theorized she probably lost touch with the gang, but I think she probably had occasional reunions that weren't in time travel, laughing emoji. If there oh. were a movie or reunion series, I think it would be important for her to be around. Okay. So I guess that means during the time travel episodes, she comes back. I don't think she does, but we'll oh. see. I can't remember that she does, but maybe she didn't. I just forgot about her. Um, <laughs> that could be, that could be a thing. Um, here's a thought from at Colleen.Tenvis. I think she changed her mind about the kidney donation, but it was already too late. I think she probably wrote some music about it. She <laughs> hoped the distraction of coming back to school and starting a new academic year would be enough to make her want to stay in New York, but the trauma was too much. Yeah, that tracks. I could mm -hmm. see that. Um, at Galinsky underscore just adds some context. I don't know if you know Amy Jo's real life grief for her mom, which led to her decision to leave the show. I think there could have been such potential for her character. Agreed. I mean, agreed, but also they had quite a while with her on the show where they didn't use her. Yeah. So... That's the thing. They opened up this great storyline for her after like a year of not having one. Yeah. <laughs> They're like, bye never going to see this through well so we so we need more thoughts about where this could have gone so at aunt mary 72 i always pictured julie getting the results and just taking off for home she spent the summer partying to forget returning to new york brings it all back to her the reality of what she had done she takes off and goes somewhere she can forget again hmm. 
Interesting. Very avoidant. Saw her as a party girl type. Mm-hmm. Definitely the music, but um, I could, I guess, I could definitely see her uh, distracting herself. Yeah, the avoidance of it all, I think, is does resonate that piece. So we have at Queen Shalana 75 who says, the sad part is her mother was only using her. And I believe Julie caught on to that and decided not to donate. But regardless, I'm sure it's something she struggled with. Her character always seemed sad to me, but it could be her real mother passed away in real life. So it came across on screen. Yeah. Yeah. So we really like tying it back to Carol here. I don't know. It's just it's a tough situation all around. Mm-hmm. Got two more here. We've got one from at Disneyland. It's complicated, but I can, I can understand her decision. I think she spent the summer being a pink power ranger. Mm-hmm. I like that one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> totally plausible at Disneyland. Yeah. All right. We've got one more. At Ruby and Simba 13. Well, you know my disdain for Julie by now, so I think she stayed the brat that she is and pouted all summer. I don't know that that maybe you do. Um, did you ever notice weeks and weeks ago there was a, a message that said, like, hiding message because maybe offensive or something like that, and I just noticed that you, like, never responded to it? I've never seen it. All right. Well, it was the message from Ruby and Simba about how she felt about <laughs> Julie. Oh. Which I clicked on. Uh, That's why I, I like, never got to see it. Yeah. I was like, well, I clicked on it because it had said like it wouldn't show. So like it wouldn't show you either, I guess, unless you clicked on it. Um, I'm not sure how to go through through this and actually find it i can kind of summarize yeah um i mean the summary of it was i hate julie i'm glad her father's dead oh yeah (laughs) like wow tell us how you really feel and she did so you know that's just a little context for um, ruby and samba i i missed i missed all that um, so all I got was this one, but I hear, I hear that, you know what, you're definitely <laughs> not at all alone here. You are in very good company, far better company than I understood before we were doing the podcast. Cause I never really talked about this show with people. So I never had, you know, Julie was Julie. I don't know. I mean, I, it bothered me that she went after Ben when mm-hmm. she knew her friend was like, had this really long-term, these really long-term feelings for Ben. Um, but after that resolved itself, like, I, I just didn't really feel like I had a reason to, I don't know. I mean, they certainly did not give Julie Emmerich very much to do on this show of season two. Yeah. Okay. The I found it. struggled with having a, a, any sort of um, plot line for her. Is this yeah. something that Ruby and Simba 13 wants us to read? Uh, I mean, they put it online. And then hit it? No, they didn't hide it. It was just hidden in case we didn't want to see oh, it. Okay, what did they say? Um, so Ruby and Simba 13 said this was about um, the 
season three, episode three. Uh, and they said, another Julie is a snake episode. She purposefully purposefully tells Felicity about spending time with Ben. Oh, uh, you didn't know his dad is missing and acting like she's his best bud. Then having sex with Finn, the Tom Cruise wannabe, behind Elena's back, some snake emoji. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't care if her dad died. She's the worst, mm. exclamation point. Yeah, she um, she was really off the rails. That was a rough, rough, rough episode for Yeah, Julie, Julie was really like lashing at no i don't know i think think part of it well i think the way i put it was like self-destructive self-destructive feels like a really good way way. and and it was with everybody like she gave almost every single person in their core group a reason to want to push her away yep and so it feels very it wasn't intentional i'm sure but it feels so more than subconscious that she was doing that you know like i need i'm like, like she was thinking about leaving for a while. Like, how am I going to be in this group and deal with this? Like, she just couldn't come to grips with it. She couldn't come to terms with it. And so all these people, she was just pushing them as hard as she could away because it's like, it gave her no other option but to leave. And so we get all these grievances that pile up and then she leaves and it leaves us with all these questions, leaves the characters with all these questions, but it also leaves them with like, but you just did all this shady stuff, I know, you know, and they don't get to really deal with any of that. But I guess they're concerned enough about Julie that it puts it into context. I guess. I hear you at Ruby. And they've all got, team. yeah, plus they've all got their own stuff going on, right? Yeah, I do. I think, boy, she was so messy at the end there. And I see where it was coming from. I see that there was this like just pure need to I don't know it she was in so much pain and it was like where what is the way out of all this and I don't know she just brought down everybody in her pathway in the process out of everyone in the show maybe except for Ben and Anger like she's the most emotional person like her Mm -hmm. reactions and her actions come from her emotions. Mm-hmm. And so I don't think it was really thought out. I think she just started like reacting yeah. and like just taking really, like she felt bad about herself. She felt bad about the world. She felt angry and guilty. And she just started doing things that would hurt her and everyone else mm-hmm. and then left. And so, yeah, yeah, that doesn't give us like the best tied up ending. No. Um, but I'm it's, curious. you know, life, life is like that sometimes. I really appreciate all the feedback we got on this because this is our story to write at this point. And it's interesting how many sort of different directions and different focus areas people had on this. I think some people were really interested in the thing and how things went down with Carol. I think the idea that she, like what she did to cope People threw out ideas about that. I think this idea of um, her maybe rethinking the decision, but it was too late. It was mm-hmm. too far down the road. And then having to like, just wait till her dad actually passed, you yeah. know, like, whoa, that, that one really made me think. Um, oof. So lots of stuff there. None of it fun, but 
<laughs> yeah, on top of the episode we just had, we thought some light commentary on Julie's demise. Um, yeah, I think it's just see. so great that we all have these thoughts about it. And we're we're now putting all this out there into the world. You know, for anybody who listens to this podcast later, you've all contributed possible things to think about for Julie's departure. Mm-hmm. I like that. We did it. We did it, guys. We did it together. That's us. <laughs> we did this thing. All right. Felicity Optimist versus Cynic. Here we are in yep. force. Yeah. Ah, uh, fish. Yeah. We have to rate this episode. And I, uh, do you want to rate this episode first? What, what, how are you feeling? I mean, sure. Mine's going to be pretty quick because yeah. I hated the episode. Uh, and uh, the more we went into it, the more I realized it also wasn't really done that well. Um, so I would say purely for the fact that like Ben got help and some of the laughs, I'll give it a one. Okay. All right. Well, there you have that. Yeah. I mean, it really, it really should go into the negative numbers because I don't want to see it again. And that's always been my role is like zero means that I'm like indifferent between seeing it or not seeing the episode. Um, so it should go into the negative numbers, but I, I could see watching pieces of it again. So it, it gets a one. Okay. Um, all right then. I am in a very different place from you on this. Uh, I have rated this one in the unit of measurement of Princes of Darkness. Oh, wow. Not only only did that feel like a really cool little line to pick up on, it also accurately describes (laughs) most of the men in this episode. Oh, okay. Good. Let's talk about a multiple meaning unit of measurement. So. I gave this one 7.1 out of 10 princes of darkness and you've given me pause. Um, But I do have to say that most of where I had a problem in this episode was Noel's stuff because I do not buy it. Like I don't, why is this happening? Like, I don't get it. (laughs) I understood what he, everything he did with Natalie. I got it. I understood that this is so predatory and the thing is he's one of those guys that's like i know this is predatory but i'm gonna do it it's like did you hear yourself just then think for a second about the words that came out of your mouth sir um he yeah i don't see how he's here i don't see how he's here i don't see is this even legal? I just don't even know what's going on here. It's it's like, can't I, it can't be, right? So yeah. I have a real problem with the show giving me this because he's done some impulsive stuff, but he knows way better than this. And they are trying, they're going to, they're, they're at the end of this storyline, there is going to be this funny little weird turn that they do that they could have done a million other ways. Okay. They didn't need this. Okay. So uh, that's like my biggest problem with the episode because I, I don't believe any of that. But when I look at the stuff that's happening with everybody else, like the Sean and Megan stuff comes, it, it's like they've been building into this. I buy what these two characters are experiencing 
even as weird as it is, it makes sense for who they are. Um, I think that the Ben and Felicity stuff, I think that they've finally gotten to a point that they needed to get to where Felicity is a little bit more cognizant of the gravity of the situation, that they're giving Ben a resource that they can start being responsible with the viewers around like how they're show- like the fact that he's just getting help. You know, I think that's important. The fact that he was open to hearing that from Felicity. Um, so I think all, all that stuff is, is good and interesting. I think that the Tracy and Elena stuff is going to turn into some cool things. So in many ways, I consider this a setup episode. It's turn like a into cool things, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I feel like this is sort of a, this is part of a longer term, like what they're doing with those two. Um, and I think it makes sense to me that this is, this is part of their story. And I'm glad they're finally giving us something about McGrath. Um, but I do feel like this is one of those episodes that's more, it's like a middle episode, you know, it's not opening the story. It's not, it's not the climax of any particular story necessarily, but it's just sort of like a functional, here's where we are. So yeah. And I think it's capable and now it's doing that. And the stuff that they're setting up makes sense, except for Noel. So (laughs) I'm putting it at 7.1 out of 10 princes of darkness. All right. Yep. We're definitely in a different place, but not our farthest off definitely not it'd be very very hard to achieve our furthest off ever again so all right but that's not to say we can't write negative numbers now that i think about it so haha we could potentially get there (laughs) so uh folks we want to hear from you we want to know what you think about all the stuff that's going on here send us your feedback or full city fan art or anything else you want to share with us at the melissa fish at gmail.com it's Melissa with one L, two S's, themelissafish at gmail.com. And you can also get into the conversation with lots of cool people talking about the show on our Instagram at Felicity Podcast. And then if you want to know when we drop a new episode of our podcast, you can get a newsletter sent to you when that happens. So all you have to do is check wherever you're listening to this podcast, look at the show notes, and there's going to be a link in there that you can sign up for it. And while you're there, go ahead and rate and review us. If you can do that wherever you're listening to this podcast, because it just lets other people, other fans of the show Felicity discover some long form Felicity content. All right, Fish. The next episode is called A Good Egg. What do you think that one's about? Good egg. Well, I mean, obviously... Ruby had a good egg, which turned into a child that she could bring back (laughs) and we could all meet. Um, I think it's going to be about a physics egg drop contest. Hmm. Okay. That's my guess. And Ruby's child. Yeah. Yeah. Um. (laughs) No. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it's not, and I'm, I guess I'm just, I'm not just gonna looking spoil forward this. to where we're, no, I'm not, I'm not spoiling it. I just, guys, I, I just am thinking about what's, what's coming up in the next episode and I hate it. So I, I don't know. We'll just see oh, if no. my thoughts are different than how I'm feeling right now when we huh. cover this episode. Um, 
interesting. Since yeah. I hated this episode, am I really, really going to hate the next episode or are we going to flip? Hmm. It's just, we I never just, know. We never of, know. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the main point of the next episode is sort of like bottle episode-esque. Uh, yeah. You don't like those. I don't usually like those, but I could end up being wrong. Maybe they actually integrate a whole bunch of stuff that I forget about. It's just the main point of the storyline is like, what are we doing now? Um, anyway, we'll see. Maybe it's all changed. Maybe I've evolved guys. <laughs> We're going to find out. Okay. That'll be exciting. So yeah. I don't know. Anything else you wanted to mention about this one fish? Hated it. <laughs> we are just a ray of sunshine <laughs> for everybody who's listening to us. Uh, you know, this is it. This is where we are in the series right yep. now. So that's it. Well, until next time, fish. Don't hook up with Ben while I'm gone. I'm a fish. Bye. Bye, everyone.